Hey gang, sad news. Um, I come to you with the knowledge that Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, Batman himself, uh, passed away due to cancer very sadly last night. Uh, a huge loss. Um, I even said, I said to Michelle, it's a loss we may never get over. Um, as far as I'm concerned, a guy who, I mean, he, he made that role. He made the voice I hear when I read Batman is Kevin Conroy. I think he was perfect. I think there was a lot of good voice casting in that show. Obviously, people point to Mark Hamill, but Conroy was the foundation, and uh, and he did it for a long time. He wasn't just a hit-and-run merchant. He did it through Batman animated series, the animated movies, um, the team-ups with Superman, into Justice League uh, and Justice League Unlimited, and then various other projects after that, Batman-related. Uh, and he was always consistent. He was always great. He got his turn to play the Kingdom Come Batman, I believe, in the um, you know the Crisis thing on CW. Not a great story or anything, but at least he got a run in live action. Uh, I saw him in a Tour of Duty episode once. He was an actor uh, all round, and they always say voice acting is acting, and sure is. And this is a guy who embodied the role. Uh, you know, uh, a fantastic representative for the community. Uh, and he'd be sorely missed. I think he was much loved. I think people, he knew that. I mean, people were lining up around the block, basically, to shake this guy's hand. Um, I put in the likes of losing Sinatra, losing Sammy, an icon in his industry. And all we can say is, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. You were fantastic. Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, the internet's premier comic book and pop culture podcast. Frank Sartre, Bob Dylan, we've got you covered. I'm Dave, I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, what's going on? Mate, not much, but uh, nothing bad either. So that's Rock and good. roll? Rock and roll, mate? If you were going rock to and all rolling. If you were gonna, if you were musical, what genre would it be? Would it be rock? Would it be country? Like, what, what would it be from you? Sensitive singer songwriter. What would it be from Rich? If I was a musical, yeah. If you're, you're a musician, like if you're a musician. Uh, oh, oh, you mean if I was musically inclined? Yeah. If you were going to pump out an album now, where, uh, what direction do you think you'd go? Would it be country? Would it be rock? You know? No, wouldn't wouldn't be country. It'd definitely be more rock it'd be yeah. more band instrumental wow and that sort of stuff. like cream or something man yeah from the 60s that kind of stuff oh man oh there could be a lot. oh well Street. yeah i mean anything really yeah um, I, 70s kind yeah. of stuff and all that like you know like as i said just just anything that's like a yeah, or even Journey. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind being a bit of Journey, a bit of ballad, a bit of you know, yeah. in the in the big bag uh, bagpipes. You know, <laughs> I can just see it, Rich. You pumping out the classics. Don't stop believing, as they oh, say. Oh, but a Bon Jovi, but it's something like that. You know, yeah. but it's something high energy. You know, yeah. like man, I'm going to pump going out for the, the the big ones. I'm going to go Johnny Cash. I'm going to go walk the line. That'd be that's me, a bit man. more mellow, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'd be getting pretty dark, and and, I, and as well like. I know me. I, I don't see myself in a full band. I, I see myself wanting to cut solo. You know what I mean? And just, yeah, I'm I'm a bit more like Huey Lewis, and you know, like I, I I don't know. I like 
I like bands because I like I like as I said I just like ensemble sort of like um You're too hip to uh, be square instrumental sort of stuff and all that. Yeah, you know. Too hip to be square. Power man. of love. Power of love, yeah. He had some classics, man, back in the day. Cruising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Um, well that's awesome stuff, Rich. Uh so You've been rocking and rolling this week, so have I. I tell you what, I am watching. It, it is, you know, I don't often believe it. You know when they say a bad movie, but it's fun to watch? Um, I have mm, discovered. So, it's so bad, it's good. That, that, yeah, that whole the, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't often get go down that rabbit hole, but, you know, I love my John Wayne. I did not know that John Wayne played Genghis Khan in a movie. And I was really? like. He did. And, and I was like. No, no. I mean, really, you didn't know. I, no, no idea. Like pretty famous. I know. I know. I, I, re- I honestly did not know. And I saw an image on Facebook, um, like a meme, but it was of. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on with John Wayne?" And um, and then I quickly researched and yeah, the movie The Conqueror, and I've got it on my hands on it. I'm halfway through. Man, it is a trip because he does not do an accent. He just does his normal John Wayne. No, he's, the, he's the Sean Connery of his time. You know? <laughs> The movie is like super badly, um, you know, kind of like rated, but I'm finding it like it's fun. I mean, it, it, it's fun. I will say that it, it's a fun movie. Like, uh, what what a weird casting, man. Like to go, I would have thought back then, um, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, I think it was 56, like a uh, Charles Bronson or something could have been a decent pick, you know? Uh, but the thing is, I mean, okay, let's be honest, you're doing – I, here's the thing, I, and I feel like I think it's a it's an art form that's lost today, right? Oh. Is people just automatically just judge things from the past and go, oh, what terrible people, you know? It's brown faces, black face. Oh yeah, or whatever I'm you not want saying that. I'm just saying but, it's no, just no, no, crazy. But you know? What I like to do is I try and think about now. Okay, look, one, you're doing the thing about Genghis Khan, right? Sure. So that's already a subject matter that's not really going to technically maybe be awesome. a big selling point in itself. You know what I mean? You don't it's, reckon? It's, 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 I love Genghis Khan. No, you do now, yes, Dave. I'm talking about then. Right, in the 50s. Like, I think, you know, not many people would be necessarily be interested in something Asian. Yeah, no, I, I mean? no, yeah, like, no, I hear you, yeah, yeah. And so what you do is you get a big name yeah, so John that at Wayne. least people go, oh, what's this Genghis Khan thing? Oh, well, it's got John Wayne in it. John Wayne's a big star. I'm going to go see it. True. I kind of feel like that's more what happens in those circumstances and them just go, oh, we want to be culturally insensitive. And also, oh, no. let, you know, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, get it. It's like, yeah, okay, how many Mongolian actors do you think there were, like, in Hollywood in I hear totally what you're saying. And let's face it, like, I think after that, uh, Burt Lancaster played in Apache, played um, uh, an Apache Indian yeah. and, like, full, full brown oh, folks, uh, Richard you know? Harris. Richard Harris did, I think, as well, Man Called Horse. Yeah, I don't really give a shit, but but I'm just saying John Wayne is what makes it funny because John Wayne's drawl. I thought to myself, what is John Wayne going to do? Because he he has one style that he takes from movie to movie, and I turned it on and he starts talking. I'm like, he's just doing his normal John Wayne. Fair enough. And he's got like a little mustache and he's got like this hawk or falcon or something on his arm. I'm finding it quite watchable. I mean, I I like John Wayne. I find him a reassuring presence. Look, I mean. But that's the thing. Let's be honest. There's more movie stars than there are actors in the world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's very few. Like, Bogart is basically Bogart in, sure. you know, in most of his movies. Yeah, he's um, got one style of delivery, he, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not, it's not like he changes his drawl or his accent or, you know, he makes it that he's come from the Midwest instead of, no. you know, like, like it's, 
there's and and that's today as well like um there's just there's more movie stars than actual actors and movie stars are basically people that just they are themselves they yeah go there they play kind of themselves in a role kind of thing i tell you you're 100 i agree with you completely um all the really big guys, apart from the few exceptions that are still method, they they definitely play a version of themselves. Um, out of the computer mentioned John Cusack. John Cusack, to me, I like him a lot, but he does one style, basically. It, yeah, well, John, Jun, John Cusack is the... He is the... Um, um, oh, fuck, what's that Cena guy? Um, John Cena. No, not John Cena. The other Cena, Michael Michael Cena. Oh, Michael Cena. Cena. Oh, yeah. God, I can't stand Michael that. Cena, and also the guy that played um, that Lex wimpy Luther little guy, in... that wimpy little fucking freak, John, Michael Cena. Yeah, that's the yeah, guy. yeah. But yeah. then also another similar guy. He was in like the social. Ah, uh, fucking Jesse Luther. Eisenberg. Yeah, I hate John, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, John, but John Cusack is the precursor to those guys. <laughs> I the, prefer John Cusack. The kind of yeah, yeah, but he's always that awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of sarcastic, kind of sarcastic yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I hear. Oh, my God. Like, Michael Cena is okay in a few movies. I actually think Pretty it's quite curtain. funny. That was the word I was Yeah, the word I was but Jesse Eisenberg, I loathe that guy. Um, the only movie I could take him in is Zombieland because I enjoy the film that much, and I actually think he's well cast in that. But, like, his Lex Honestly, Luthor. Poor. he wasn't terrible in that movie with uh, the Twilight chick. Um, now You See Me? Was it Now You See Me? No, 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 no. The one where he plays a assassin. You know, I know it, but, but I don't know the name of it. But um, I know, I know the But film. he has to be yeah. triggered or something like that, or yeah, like, I have seen it. I have seen it. That, that wasn't bad. That wasn't terrible. It was yeah. actually uh, pretty interesting. But yes, I, I, I'm not a massive fan. Oh, of look, him because he's he been, can definitely unlike he's some... erotic. That's it. It's like an erotic character. Yeah. I will say this about Jesse Eisenberg: he can definitely act, and he's professional. Mm -hmm. But it's just his style; it, it grates on me. I, he he can actually he actually is a decent actor, but it's he, it's his brand. It's not for me. You know what I mean? It's just not my cup of tea. Oh look, I, I feel the same way with also that Michael Cera character. Cena, oh yeah, I mean a little like, like he was funny in a couple of things, but then it got very tiresome. You know, like as the years went yeah. on. Yeah, but. Yeah, man. Uh, but anyway, I'm enjoying it. Like, fuck the critics, dude. And fuck these people going, oh, my God, John Wayne, playing Genghis Khan. It's a symbol of everything that's wrong in the world. I'm like, firstly, slow down. Because um, let's not forget who he's playing, Genghis Khan. And it's rather, from what I'm in so far, it's a fairly fucking uh, PG-ified Genghis Khan, from my memory. Uh, the real Genghis Khan. Uh, was not a man given to, you know, political correctness and niceties, man. He raped and pillaged his way across the whole world. Um, that was Genghis Khan. Not many people from those times were. No, I know, but, but <laughs> I agree. But he was, like, on the, you know, outer edge of that kind of shit. Like, and so let's not, like, get a knickers too much in a little twist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm enjoying the film for what it is. And people like the knickers in a they twist. Do, they do, they do like the new. It's the new thong. Yeah, I know. It's uh, but I but even still, I like if I was at the casting meeting, I do think John Wayne is a weird choice because of his delivery. But I would have thought a dark haired actor and if you were gonna try to cater to Asian, like even vaguely Asian, I would have thought Charles Bronson might actually have been good casting. You know, like just the look, the swarthy look, um, man of action. 
you know, I, I don't think he would have been terrible. And he was coming up in Hollywood. Again, I don't think they weren't going for authenticity. I think they're no. going for the biggest name big, big name that and, they could get. And John Wayne was probably in his prime, wasn't he? Like in the mid-50s, he was a very, very big star by that point. Um, mm. Now, um, some sad news. Carlos Pacheco has passed away after a really sad battle with ALS, a terrible disease. One that I've long mm. feared getting, um, Lou Gehrig's disease, they used to call it. Um, terrible disease. I think he had it for at least three, three, three or so years. Um, yeah, good, good artist, man. Are you familiar with his work? Oh, yeah, of course. He did... Uh... Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, Justice League mm. stuff, uh, stuff, Green Lantern stuff, yeah, uh, Fantastic Lantern. Four, yeah. stuff. He's done a lot of work all over the... When I think of uh, his art, he very much seemed almost like a house style in like that early 2000s. I feel like I saw a lot of it around then, in that era. Is that Was it kind of his peak? You know, 2005-ish, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, as I said, he's done... He's worked on every big book, yeah. like... He's done Superman, he's done Justice League, he's done Avengers, he's done X-Men, done would, Green Lantern. Would Green someone Lantern like was... be him, someone like him, who is a, you know, a, a very mainstream successful artist, would he be worth like millions from, you know, even commissions and stuff? I, 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 I don't, I assume he was Millions, worth... no. No? No? There's not that kind of money in the, in the comic book There's art? There's very few artists that are worth millions, mate. I just wondered because I thought like potentially with his, because uh, he was so productive and then I imagined... I don't know how much these guys can earn these artists from commissions. You know, like I don't know what they're retailing for. If 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 I said to oh, he's dead now, but like let's assume pre ALS, Carlos Pacheco, and I said, dude, I want Superman fighting Green Lantern like a big thing for the wall. You know, how much? What's it going to cost? Yeah, What's but, it going to cost me like ten yeah, grand? Get, well, I no. It, it, pro, I don't know. It depends on what you want, what size you want. I want a fucking wall size just... mural, dude. That's what I want. I want him yeah, coming over and doing is, that. Is, okay, one art is also subjective. So, yeah. but um, what's he going to charge me? Is what I'm asking. I, Dave, I don't know, but they don't charge ten thousand dollars. It's that's not it's even not. close to what they charge. Like, so what is a if, maybe a thousand dollars maximum, depending on if you okay. want some sort of like big thing. But no, they're no, but, they're not making millions of no, dollars. No, I was, I, like, I'm, I'm, I really okay. I, I just thought that he was a very popular, successful artist. So I wondered. What what his estate would kind of be worth, or is it a case where he's barely making rent and mortgage? You know, like I don't know. You know, it's uh, that would not uh, maybe not necessarily barely making, but yeah. definitely probably not like uh, uh, being able to throw money away. So they're probably pulling down. What do you reckon about one hundred and fifty to two hundred k a year, something like that? Something like that for, for someone of his <laughs> level. That's the thing. I wouldn't say per year, no, because the problem with that kind of work is not consistent. No. It's not a nine-to-five job. That and they burn doing. out, don't they? They burn out, these artists. They've got to take breaks and stuff. You know, they're, well, they're, but, that, but that's what I was trying to say, is that there's there's thousands of artists, Dave. Uh, like, everyone's got their favourite. So uh, once someone gets commissioned from their favourite artist, that's it. They might not get another commission. So it's not like it's, uh, yeah. it's, not like it's a never-ending well. Yeah, you can't just you know? and then and let's say there is a convention. Well, there's only so many tables. Yeah. And one, you've got to pay for those tables. But again, it is limited. So while there's like, let's say, hundreds of artists, they might only have space for 10 of them. I'm going to say something super you know? depressing. Like it, it like it really feels like kind of like a sausage factory, meat market kind of situation. Like I, I know I don't mean to be that kind of down, but like it, it is hard. It is a like mm-hmm. it is a hard job. You know, it's a hard Man, life. And that's, you know? that's why Image started in the first place. 
Sure. Because, and, and, and it's still kind of happening today. It's totally still happening today. Everyone Massively. talks about the writers. Everyone talks about writers. Yeah. When people talk about their favorite series, they talk about writers. Yeah, because they view oh, the artists. Oh, Dude. This. oh, Alan Moore, this and all that. No one, very few people actually elevate the artist. Yeah. Right? And it's why, for a long time, artists didn't even get bloody um, Credits. Uh, recognition for creating the character. Yeah, that sucks. That's, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? So that, that that's the thing. Like, artists, if throughout history, they've been like the second-class citizen in the comic book, even though it's a comic book. It's a visual yeah. medium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the know. writers have gotten all the the credit. They get the the uh, um, uh, cr cr uh, create you know created by yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like you know, they they get a lot more recognition. Yeah, you know? man, I'm stoking your um, fires here, Rich. Rich is fired up. I like it, Rich. Well, burn, no, honestly, burn it down, when, man. Burn it down. Burn down DC, man. Like, yeah, let's get when it started. I collected, when I collected floppies, a lot of the times yeah. I what you do. I went off character and artist. I didn't actually buy that right. much based on writers. Okay. There really? were some because they were just so good. Uh, you're you're like, fucking not... man Jeff Johns, you certainly did. <laughs> oh, well, Jeff Johns late in life, yes. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about before I even really, no, I like I yeah. didn't, yeah. when I first started collecting because I was drawing myself, Yes, I followed my favorite artists. I didn't follow the writers. Which is which is fair enough, man. Like, I mean, I imagine that's the same for a lot of young artists. Um, you know, you're drawn to that. Um, you know, for me, what it was, um, I really liked Jim Aparo's Batman. I didn't even know who Jim Aparo was, but I really liked mm. that um, look of Batman. Well, you know, but you know what I mean. Like that, that's what we're saying. Like uh, you know. When you think you like, oh, Danny O'Neill, fantastic, and all that. Now, sure. luckily, um, um, uh, with Neil Adams, in, yeah, th yeah, there has been some artists who've maybe because they've had a longer run, or have, have yeah, done yeah. stuff with an, a, a writer. So again, uh, like EVS, kind of made a, a name for himself, even though he'd been doing comics for a while. But once he was doing a lot of the Jeff John stuff. And his name kind of got associated with Jeff Jones with all the Green Lantern stuff, and because he helped create a lot of the new lanterns and stuff, yeah, that's kind of like he's now synonymous with that sort of stuff. So um, before they yeah, asked him, Adam, out, it's, bull it's bullshit. It's bullshit what they did to. I, like I don't agree with all his politics, but it's bullshit the way they ghettoized uh, Ethan Van Skyver. Is that his name? Like you know, like mm -hmm. like I. And by the way, I, I I get it. He seems pretty difficult and all that, but. The way the way that's been done, it, it's like it's a little on the nose to me. Like it's like, oh my god! Like you, you would think this guy was like burning fucking you know minorities in his basement. You know what I mean? Like it's like, I'm I I I don't agree with his politics, but the way that was done that he went from being their golden boy to oh my god, we hate him so much he can never work in this town again. You know, kind of thing. I just. That was everything that was wrong. I, I actually, I, I, you know, I'm quite neutral on this, but I do think that demonization of him, which he plays up to, um, I think really contributed towards that whole oh, groundswell look, of stuff. I, I, I negativity. To be fair, looking, I think you might as well play up to it because here's the thing: you can't really go backwards. Yeah. If you accuse someone of being a fascist or a Nazi, yeah, you can't really walk it back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if you're in industry or you, a lot of people work in industry and you say, this man must get out of comics because he's a Nazi, he's a white supremacist. You can't then like a year or two later and go, oh, 
maybe we're a bit harsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, you but, said he was a Nazi. Yeah. You said he was a fascist. Like no, but you, like, but like, you, know you, I mean? you said he was Hitler, like burning Jews. Exactly. Like, like uh, and then next so week really you're like, oh, then... come back, come back and draw a green lantern. We're relaunching. You know, oh, it's all forgiven. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You've kind of painted yourself into a corner. So you know. It's this so, so, so stupid the way they went so hard at people. Yeah, I like, just you've really good bridges now. I I am only using him as an example, and and by the way, listeners, don't think that I'm like his biggest fan, but he was visually very important to that Green Lantern, um, you know, um, relaunch. I tell you another uh, artist that I really like because I I don't have your eye, you know what I mean? Like I like you know I like the comic book art. I always say, but someone who I really liked was I'm going to mispronounce his name. E E Ivan Reyes, is that is that his name? He he did great. I used to say Reyes, other people say Reyes. Well, whatever. But you know the guy I mean, R E I S, and I believe yeah. he did a lot Brazilian of Green Lantern. Dude, he did a lot of Green Lantern around that era. Um, and I know he did other stuff, but I always thought he was like one of the best superhero artists that I'd ever seen. I, I really, I put him in my top ten. You know, he's definitely up there for the modern ones. Yeah, I, I I think um, I think he's remarkable, but like. Here's my question, um, and Carlos Pacheco is the same kind of guy. Like he was a big name. Um, how many books, like an Ivan Rice now? How many books does he do? Is he on a lot of? Is, is he always got a book or what? At DC? Oh gosh, these days I don't know because again I'm not really checking it out. I know he did. I'm I know. Really I know. He, Bendis Bendis used him a bit on Superman, I believe. Uh, yes, he was working with. Uh... Bendis, unfortunately, yeah, what unfortunately. a waste. Yeah, what a Bendis waste of Iron Rice's art. Writer, um, I'm looking here. At his I think he's kind of like I think he's just floating around a bit at the moment now. But uh, what I'm what I'm wondering though, when they say that, and I'm looking at his um, bibliography, what I always notice because because when I'm doing stuff for the show, I often look in bibliographies because you know that's where we see um, you know stuff to do for the show and we see writers. Whenever I look at the artists, even a big name artist like him, it's never as much as the writers who've been around for a long time. You know what I mean? Like the writers who've been around forever always have a far bigger bibliography than the artists, which tells oh. me that the artists, it's harder kind of thing, you know? Well, that's what I said, Dave. You, as a writer, you could pump out six scripts in a month. Yeah, maybe. But as an artist... Yeah. You no, I'm saying if you're really productive, sure, you 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 really got a lot of ideas. If you chuck dicks you in, you in, can. If you chuck dicks in, you can. Yeah, sure. that's what I mean. But, you, but my point is, you have the potential to do that. Yes, yeah, it's possible. If you're an yeah. artist, you cannot work on more than one title per month. Like unless somehow you are so yeah. like um, like Jack Kirby so loose that you yeah. you don't really care about your detail or if things look. And Good guys like Ivan Reyes and Ethan Van Skyver, they're all about detail, aren't they? Like, they're very... Oh, Jesus of, Christ, yeah. yeah there's no, they, they, they would probably be late sometimes just because... Um, so, like, a George yeah, Perez they're, they're, they're is, was right. similar to them, wasn't he? He was, like, Mr. Mm. Detail. Um, who was I? Oh, God, I just had a, 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 one flick through my head and I've already forgotten it. Oh, yeah, Jack Kirby. I mean, he pumped out a lot, didn't he? Like, didn't Jack? wasn't Jack Kirby like a machine? I think back in the day, I think he was doing more than one title a month. But uh, he's Jack Kirby, you know. Like he, that's an ex- there's an exception to every rule. I don't think he was doing more than one a month. Oh, surely he was back in the sixties, man, when he was doing all the Hulk and he's doing fucking Fantastic Four and he's doing whatever else he was doing. Like, no, I think he would launch those and then move on to another one. Oh, really? Hand them off? Okay, I didn't yes. know that. I uh, see. I thought he must have been the guy who could 
churn and burn, you know? I thought that was his whole thing. Like, he was that talented that he could just churn and burn it. But I Look, don't know. I'm probably maybe at the peak of his, I think maybe he could probably be doing maybe two. Yeah. Uh, 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 How much could month? you do if they had it? If they said to you, Rich, we want you to do no, Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Do, one? No, I could only do one a month. I, yeah. No. Yeah. I fair I enough. I'm just asking. And it's basically a page a day, isn't it? Basically, in essence, it's it's pretty much a page. Well, a I would try and I, I to try and give myself some leeway in case I needed to fix something or whatever. I would try and probably do. I try and aim for two, at minimum, one and a half pages per day. Dude, I'm going to say something now that might actually, you might laugh at this. I agree, a page a day for a fucking normal comic book. Like, I'm reading all about Hawkman at the moment with Graham Nolan. Fuck, I love it. You know, the art is great. But, dude, when we, we, we picked a comic this week, a Fantastic Four comic, and, dude, some of the art, to me, it seems so sort of insipid and... There are some pages where I'm like, I don't really believe that would take a day, you know? Some of the stuff, yeah, but there are some pages like where I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's going to be that hard, you know, if you've got some artistic talent. Like, I, I actually genuinely think that art in the mainstream comics, ha quality of art has declined in general. There are obviously some exceptions, but in general at Marvel and DC. I think some of the guys they put on these titles, guys and girls, are not that talented, frankly. Uh, they definitely uh, are premature, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, like that, they could become better, you know? Yeah, yeah but you know what? They won't because they'll, they, they'll believe they've made it now and any criticism um, yeah. can just be palmed off as... Uh, Haters. Racism, sexism. Racism, yeah. Um, Racist. Yeah. Well, right. it depends. If, you, if you're not white or sure. not male or not straight or whatever, oh, gosh, there's so many things they could use as a... Um, yeah, I a hear. Shield um, for That's not getting funny. better. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, sadly, we've got more um, unfortunate obituaries to. And so, I want to say, Carlos Pacheco, um, I really did like your artwork. To me, you you held the standard up. You're a good servant to the genre. I hope you are, your your family obviously has left something. I hope. Um, sadly, we also lost Kevin O'Neill, the iconic. British artist who co-created Leave Extraordinary Gentleman with Alan Moore, also did a lot of Nemesis back in the day, which I know him from in 2000 AD. I mean, this guy, Martial Law, this guy was a serious fucking talent, Rich, and I'm, I think he was pretty old. Um, no, I, he was only in his 60s, man. Wow. Okay. You've got the news there. I was, I was assuming. I was assuming. And makes an ass out of you and me to assume, doesn't it, Rich? Um. Wow. Only in his sixties, and he cashed out. Do we have the death details? Sixty-five. Yes. Yeah, do we? I think. Do we know what was the cause? Was it cancer? Was it? Was it? Was there anything? You know? Do we know any details? It's sad. I mean, he's dead, so I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's sad though, man. Like that, this guy punched out. I mean, I really, 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 I want to say this genuinely. Oh, sorry. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Genuinely. Well, dude, that's only twenty years older than me. You know, um, genuinely, I remember grade nine, um, I'm down in Tassie, I'm on the bus, and I'm reading Best of 2018 Monthlies, the black and whites. My God, his stuff on Nemesis, dude, I fucking loved it. It was so weird. He had that weird style, like it was edgy, it was creepy almost, his talk-a-meter. Um, and obviously, he followed it all the way through with Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen and Martial Law, but this guy was a serious talent. He had a vision, man, you know? You know when you see some artists where you're like, wow, they're really, they've got their own trip going on. 
You know what I mean? Their own style. They're into. Um, I think he was. Oh a, yes, yeah. It, it definitely. Yeah, yeah. He definitely had a unique, yeah. um, a unique style. He did, and and believe you me, if you said to me, "What do you recommend?" I would say check out his Nemesis, his Nemesis Book Four. I remember the Gothic Empire. Uh, it was brilliant stuff. His Torquemada. I don't know if you ever seen Torquemada. Be pure, be vigilant, behave. Um, no, I, I do know of the martial law. Martial I, law I was trippy. That was a trip. That was a fucking trip. Yeah, no, he was he was a real talent. So sorely missed. Now, finally, wrapping up my obituaries, one that got a bit of heat from Rich. We lost uh, a very troubled young pop star from back in the day, uh, Aaron Carter. A very tortured life. Um, basically, I think a lot of drugs. Um, unfortunately for him, crack cocaine was a problem. Um, the industry just chewed him up and spat him out. Uh, unfortunately, I'd had. Somehow, he'd been on my Facebook a lot, like in Facebook videos and stuff, and he was troubled. You could just tell, like, he had that junky look about him, if you know what I mean. Like, there was still money flowing in, but he seemed like he had problems. Well, he's died. I think he was only in his mid, mid to early 30s, Rich. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know what I believe in, but I believe he lived a tortured life, man. You know, and a lot of it is own doing, sure, but there was, I think there was allegations of abuse when he was younger, Coming up in the industry, nothing would surprise me. He was a child star. Um, are you familiar with him, Rich? I mean, it wasn't. He was, there weren't great songs, but I'm I just, know he's you know. brother of the guy from uh, yeah, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Nick Carter. Yeah, his brother. He there were there were family problems. So he had a lot of stuff going on. Man, this this guy was no angel, dude. But like, it's sad when you see someone who's like a car crash in slow motion, and that's what I saw. And he'd been popping up on my Facebook in these fucking on Facebook in the videos. He'd been doing a lot of like um sort of panel shows, kind of like this, but coming in and doing videos, and he didn't look well, you know? He had tattoos all over his face. He was emaciated. Um, yeah, that's, a, that, that's a thing now. Yeah, it's not a good thing, though, you know? Yeah, but t- there's lots of now artists yeah, with great. tattoos all over their faces. Yeah, but that's, so, not, I mean, that's, that's not... not a good thing, you know? But but also, Rich, I mean, he was emaciated. You could just tell it in his eyes. He had junky eyes, you know what I mean? Um, his His limbs were sticks. I saw it. I saw it a year ago, and thought this guy's not long for this world. You know, I really did. I saw it, man. And when I saw the, it's sad when you see the news come in and you're not even surprised. You know, some people I think they're self-destructive. You know, um, I don't know. What what can you say, man? Like to it? Is there a, is there a? Can I've you, got nothing to say. Can you turn someone around at that point, Rich? Do you think it's possible, or they just die? Maybe if you care about them enough, or they matter to you, maybe you could do something. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to know. It's hard to say. It is, man, because the problem is, like, you can turn them around for a week or two, but then once they're back out there on the streets and they've got cash in the account, I think the problem then is they go back to the dealer, you know? And how do you stop that? You know what I mean? Like, someone's got to want to... Kill act- all the dealers. Well, yeah, kill all the dealers. But no, seriously, someone's, like, you, you. I believe you can turn a lot of people around, like, but it takes money and time. Well, he had both those things, but even still, you know, he dies, you know, literally uh, age, what, 34, 5, something like that. Massive substance abuse issues, just had a kid. Um, they're on a death trip, man. You know, they're on a death trip. And I, I believe... Well, well, then they achieved their goal, so... That's it, man. Anyway, I just wanted to put it out there, because... I'm not a very spiritual person, but I've been watching Reservation Dogs, man. You know, I get into all that stuff, all those vision journeys and stuff, and I'm just like, sometimes, some. it's going to sound harsh, but some people will never find peace. You know, I, I believe that. I, I think some people actively, 
actively, uh, there's a self-destructive pattern in their behaviour. And, and I'm unsure if those people ever find peace, you know, until they die, unfortunately. Sure, some do, some don't. What does that mean? That's a very generic statement, Rich. But no, what, so I'm, no, I'm saying some, some, no, people, some people. Some people can can find peace. They can of course, be some people with themselves can. and stuff. And, but you said, I wonder if people will find peace. I'm like, well, no, I I'm saying, uh, no, of course, some people do. I mean, a lot of people, but there are some out there that I think their self destructive pattern. It kind of dooms them. And, it, yeah, it's on them. I'm not saying it's anyone else's fault. It, it literally is them. I think they're chasing a high and there's a come down off a high, you know? Like, this this is it, man. Like, why else would you be snorting up crack cocaine? Like, at some level... You're an idiot. Yeah, at some level there's there's a stupidity. There's all, there's all sorts of shit going on. But anyway, I mean, anyway, it is what it is, man. He's dead now, so... I, Listen, I, I just wonder I, if I, change. The only person I don't feel sorry for is the very first person to ever die from snorting cocaine because he didn't know. <laughs> but if it's 2022, <laughs> I think you've had fucking millions of examples of people snorting crack cocaine and their life going to shit and them dying and overdosing and dying young. True. It's not a new thing by now. Sure, I, so like, I, it's a cliche. I have very little, it's a cliche. Yeah, I've got very little sympathy for people who are just like, I can't believe it happened. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's happened to like yeah, thousands of people before you. I can believe it happened. I can definitely believe it happened. What what I what I question is where was the rehab? You know, like where was the intervention? Where was all that? Had the support systems fully failed around him? Was there was there enablers? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm asking these what questions. Support but... systems. You only have yes men. Yeah, I guess so. An entourage, man, which are feeding off you, leeching off you. And maybe the money was running out too, Rich. We don't know, do we? I mean, it'd been a long time since this guy had hits. Um, anyway. Well, the money must be running out the, or running uh, like a tap if you're snorting it all up your nose. That's it, man. Well, on the happier news, Reservation Dogs have almost finished the two seasons. Fantastic show, Rich. Actually, I'm going to say this. I think you'd like it. It's not. It's nothing like normal Tiger Watiti. In fact, it's a lot better than his stuff, frankly. I, I, I think this is a genuinely... I'm going to say a comment now that's probably going to surprise you. TV shows, it's in my top 30 of all time. Bang. That's a huge comment from me. It's a massive comment. It's a massive comment. Have a guess what's the number one. I'll give you one guess. You got one guess. Oh, gosh. Oh, so hard. So difficult. Maybe it starts with an F. Oh, I don't know. You got it, so hard. You got it, Fugitive. Well done. Family Ties is also up there, which starts with an F, but Fugitive probably just slightly knocks it out of place. Um, what's your favourite show of all time, Rich? TV show. You've got to pick one. Hogan's Heroes? Um... Magnum P.I.? Uh... <laughs> the John Larroquette show? <laughs> yeah, probably Quantum Leap. That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick at all. That's a good pick, Rich. Um, did you do, speaking of John Larroquette, did you see they're relaunching Night Court? I'm like, fucking hell, like they've waited a long time for Night Court. That Night Court was like Yeah, no no, but mate, this is the decade of the um <laughs> the uh thirty to forty year sequel. <laughs> like, but dude, I have not heard anyone talk about Night Court in like many a moon. And then the, but I'm like, not even the John Larroquette show, which I actually do remember. Night Court, I've got like distant memories of as a kid. Like I didn't Actually, watch the, it. The last time I heard any mention of Night Court, like as even a reference or anything, was in an episode of Thirty Rock. Yeah, right. Which is not a new show itself. 
Yeah, exactly. But that's the last time I heard anyone actually bring up Night Court. Yeah, I mean, wow. Who the fuck is calling for that other than John Larroquette? You know, who's like, wow, I guess we can go back to basics with Night Court. If they're rebooting fucking Night Court, let's get Cheers going. You know, like, there's a good show. I mean, Night Court may have been good. I, ne- I never watched it, you know. I, I, I know the name. I know it was on. I never gave it the time of day. John Larroquette was a funny guy. He was a funny guy, but he was a funny guy in the, in the 90s, you know? I wonder, instead of rebooting all the shit, mm. would it not be cheaper just to try and buy the rights to put it on your streaming service? <laughs> yeah, the original. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But a lot of them are. A lot of these shows are. Like Frasier, you can easily find Frasier, and they're rebooting that. Frasier, at least, was a very yeah, mainstream but show. But I'm talking about some of these other, like, more. Like, okay, I'll give an example, right? Mm. There's barely any fucking 80s, uh, 90s TV on streaming shows. Really? Friends? There's not, mu- there's not much. No, no, I'm saying if you look at how much there was made. Yeah. Yes, you may have some of your big name stuff like Cheers and Frasier yeah. and Friends and stuff and all that, but come on. They made hundreds and hundreds of shows sure. in between, uh, let's say, 80s. 70s, 80s, and 90s, right? Sure. And barely any of those are on a streaming service. That's bizarre. 80. There's no A-Team on a streaming service. Um, there, there's no Knight Rider on a streaming service. That's there's weird. no Quantum Leap on a streaming service that I can get. That's weird because I would have thought all that shit would be out there somewhere, you know? Like, well, that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe they don't Maybe they don't have access to it. Maybe the quality is low. Again, maybe it costs them. I don't know. Like I, But... I just think it's so stupid that people aren't like, oh, my God, there's literally decades worth mm. of old original content. Instead of us spending money, yeah. probably making it be a flop because we're going to try and reboot it. Why don't we just try and get it on the bloody streaming service and just have the original? Would you watch? I, great point. Great point. I know Foxtel used to have a lot of that stuff back in the day. Um, would you watch a Cheers reboot if they rebooted Cheers no. next year? With with, with no. the original cast, no, really, wow, why? Because the problem is, it wouldn't be written by the original writers. You're going to get these new younger writers in who are not funny. Wow, I you'd, you'd hope that the original creators of Cheese, if they're still alive, would be involved. I mean, what about Frasier? I, I'm going to watch the Frasier reboot. I'm like, I love Frasier. You know, I'm going to watch it again. Uh, the, that's the thing, Dave. Like, uh, comedy has changed, and I feel yeah. like. Um, I find that, like, if you're not going to... Like, okay, 21 Jump Street as a movie works because they didn't... No, no, because they didn't try and um, bring the, the the humor or the storytelling from the original. No. They were like, we're just taking the premise. Yeah. It's, it's a two cops going undercover in, yeah. in, what is it, a high school, right? Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing they borrowed from 21 Jump Street, really, was their own story, poke fun of it, all that sort of shit. I, the problem I have with like a Frasier and a Cheers and, and whatever show you want to reboot, mm. the comedy has changed. Sure. Even even myself as a comedy, sometimes when I go back and watch all the stuff, sometimes I kind of go, oh, it's not as funny as I remember. Of or, course, yeah. Or, of course. You know, or maybe because I've heard it. But so my point is, I feel like it's not going to be the same thing. You're not going to get more of what you got. Because yeah, yeah. They're not just going to pick it up from like, it, yeah. you know, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Of course. And, and, and that's and, why I prefer yeah. do your own thing. Let's be honest. You know, Big Bang Theory, whether you like it or not, the reason that it was popular is because it was something new that was uh, at least tapping into oh yeah 
the comedy zeitgeist at the time, How I Met Your Mother, you know, those sort of shows, they are tapping into what the humor is right now in the present with new characters and new settings, all this sort of stuff. I just, I don't know, like, I, I don't get excited if they're like, oh my God, we're going to bring yeah. back Cheers. I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to be the same comedy. It's not going to be the same situational I know, but, but what they're hoping comedy. is that enough of that audience, like, is loyal. You know, like, dude, Night Court? Come on, man. Like, that is fucking old. And everyone in that is old or dead. And and I I question whether there's an audience to support that no, show. No. You know? I don't have any... Okay, here's the thing. If you told me they were going to do a Night Court-esque type show... Sure. I'd be fine with that because I'd be like, okay, well, that could be interesting in, like, what the court system is now, mm. kind of criminals and weird shit that you have now. But again, new characters, new setting... Sure. Nothing really to do then and yeah the same cons- the like, concept okay, well, yeah yeah if the concept is fine but if you just be like oh it's going to be the same characters or it's going to be their daughters or their no, sons it's the same people do it's, it's john larroquette and anyone who's not dead yeah. it's that's who it is yeah but that's what i'm saying i'm not interested in that like that's just no come on like you had your time in the, in the sun yeah i hear you but th- this is how low on because a lot of the a lot of the Bright ideas and the new shows are going to streaming, but this is terrestrial oh. TV. This is this is across free to air. You know, I was having this discussion with you because I just watched uh, They Live Again recently, and I turned around and I said to you, and I said, "Great fucking!" I messaged you and I said, yeah. "You know what? The premise for this would make such a great TV show." Oh hell yeah, yeah. The premise of They Live, you could take that premise and actually make a team. Now again, you can create new characters or whatever, or have a character play the Roddy Roddy Piper character, whatever, whatever. Sure. And you could just make it a show about him trying to take down this, you know, the, the, this alien, uh, uh, you know, hierarchy that's like controlling us and all that sort of shit. And you could probably get a couple of seasons out of that. Definitely. Oh, man, I, I you love... I, you made that comment to me, and I said to you, that's one of the greatest comments you've ever made. Like, that is such a good that's movie. That's my point. Do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Do stuff like that where you kind of go, but- hey... What's the what's old stuff that that are oh, really good concepts that we could? But what's the difference? Make our own modernized. What's the difference? What's the difference, Rich? Between I hear what you're saying, I, and I get like Night Court is an example. They're they're exhuming something from the grave forty years later and just hoping it sticks, you know. And and I question whether that will work. But if they did that with They Live, isn't that exactly what you also hate? Where they just reboot it with new characters and just the same idea, like Magnum PI? No, 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 no. You know? No, no. So again, what what I'm saying is that I don't have a, a problem with you taking a movie mm. and saying let's expand upon it in like a TV show. Oh, setting. I see. I like see um, Target, like Target Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Or Target SG One yes. and Atlantis and all this sort of stuff. Where basically they said the premise of you know what? There's a real cool premise. There's these fucking gates. Mm. They can take you to all these different planets. The movie only really focused on one. Yeah, but we could we could have a TV show where it's a planet of the week kind of thing and all that. Yeah, and that's why I say with lay they live, and especially now, if you're thinking about like with modern technology, computers and i you know iPhones and all that sort of shit. Mm. I just think you could you could take that premise and go let's explore it in a TV show where we can spend more time. So it's Ka-ching. not it's not a reboot. You're just taking something and saying, hey, this was an interesting concept back in the day why don't we look at sort of making a tv show about it if they announced right now they were like we're gonna make a they live t- uh, movie oh. and and you know okay fair enough you can't have it right piper because he passed away 
But if they were like, let's say he was, and they were like, oh, it's going to be a sequel, and it's going to start Roddy Piper, and yeah. you know, I'd be like, no, thank you. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not down for that. You know what I mean? And now, to be fair, if they said we're going to remake They Live, because we feel like in, a, in we feel like a modern society where technology has really changed and it would be even easier, then I'd yeah. be like, okay, well, you've thought about it. And that's not a bad idea. That, I've said, I'm not against you no. modernizing something if you're saying like, hey, why don't we look at how this could work in a modern setting? Not just like take it and put it in today, but you kind of keep, you try and go for the same feel. Yes. That I'm not like. You know, it's weird. Like it's, a, it's not black and white no, necessarily. No, no. Some and also, area. what makes your comment so great is they live, which is like basically a hardcore satire of consumerism and stuff. That is, I mean, we are only more materialistic and consumer driven than we were in the eighties. People talk about the eighties being that that decade. Fucking now. Oh, you know? oh no, we we put the eighties to shame. We do, we do. We we. It's hilarious that people thought of that in the eighties. We are so bad now. I would say in the last 10 years, we as a civilization have become so vain, so incredibly shallow and materialistic that it's almost, it is actually funny. We are so bad, you know, really, honestly, and I'm sure history will judge us poorly for it, but we're in the middle of it, man, and I'm no better than anyone else, but, you know, we are, we are, we are like in They Live, you know, when he takes off the glasses and he sees things like consume, you know what I mean? Um, on the billboards and stuff and all that kind of shit. I mean, we are literally almost there with our fucking algorithms, which are, you know, shit recording what we're saying and then pumping it back out as ads. You know, come on. Oh, yeah, mate, like, here's the thing. I- I'll give you a perfect example. So um, I was looking up, um, uh, for my girlfriend, I was looking up uh, display cabinets. Yeah. Um, for her, like, figurines and stuff and all that. Yeah. And, and I had been, you know, looking on some, like, shops and some websites. And then I w- there's a shop in Australia called uh, CEX, mm-hmm. um, which is um, you can buy, like, cheap traded in games and stuff and all that. Right. So I went to their website. I always like to go in there and see what I can get for, like, $5 or $10, whatever. And you know how, like, they have ads sort of yeah, on pop, websites and all that? Ups, yeah. It was literally showing me ads for display cabinets. Yeah. Because it is, and that's uh, the thing. Like they are always watching. They are always trying to yeah. go. Like, oh, hey, you look this up. So let's th- we're going to bombard you with it. You know, yeah. to remind you that you were looking at that. We want you to buy it. So that's why I said they live would be a fucking perfect. Yeah, show. Totally like, if, you, if you took that totally in a quarter today, I think it'd be perfect. Well, I mean, Rich, we could almost close the show. You made such a great fucking point. I don't think you're going to top yourself today. That was that was awesome. Now, Michael, Michael. Let's see. You've challenged me. I'll try. You try, Rich. Michael Kellershim, the great Michael Kellershim, um, has written in with some election results. And no, he's not talking about the congressional um, elections over in the States, um, although that would be interesting in itself. He's got, Rich, uh, Dave, special signal of doom election coverage. The election is finally over. The polls have closed and the people have spoken. Hundreds of years of democracy have led up to this moment. The most important decision of our lifetime, nay, in all of history, has been answered. Betty or Veronica? The polling started in 2021 when I asked the great Tom DeFalco the first B or V question. It was a hard-fought battle and there's been some bitterness and mudslinging, even accusations of colluding with Reggie Mantle, but we have a winner. He's compiled all the Signal guest star answers from the past two years. We now have a clear winner as Queen of Signal. Election integrity note. Dating Veronica but marrying Betty counts as a Betty vote. Put a ring on it. The votes were thus. Betty, Tom DeFalco, James DiMatteis, Elliot S. Bagan, Aaron Moss. So that's one, two, three, four. 
for Betty. Gee, I thought Betty had more. Um, Veronica, Steve Englehart, Mike Barron, Chuck Dixon, Jerry Conway, Ed Greenwood, Val Simiax. I, I've got a feeling that, that Chuck said date Veronica but marry Betty. I'm sure he said that. I'm sure he said that. That's Betty. So I think Chuck's goes to Betty. But anyway, regardless, still Veronica wins. Queen of Signal of Doom, Veronica. And he's got this beautiful picture of Veronica. I have a question. Yeah. That's just an update, though, because election <laughs> the polls haven't closed because we're still going to have more stress on. So it's true. They could. They, that's a very it's true. This is definitely a, a, a what they call it a forecast. Yeah, it is a forecast. Who's in the lead? But but it's definitely not the. Uh, it's not election night. Oh no, but he's got August. next election in twenty twenty four. So he's saying like. Um, uh, I, I okay. see. He, I guess, like with elections, if you think about it, like unless you're the Nazi party, well, you hobble the one we, election. Should we close that poll and say uh, Reggie or Archie? No, I think Betty or Veronica. We'll stick with Betty or Veronica. I, I've always said, if you want to, if you want to, I've always said, if you have someone else in the Archie universe that you want to cast a ballot for, you can. I always say that. So if you want to say Archie or Juggy or Cheryl Blossom or someone, like, feel free. I mean, I'm not the Nazi with it. Like, I don't care that much. Like. But Betty or Veronica is a nice yardstick. But I do say Chuck did vote for Betty. He said date Veronica, marry Betty. I'm sure he said that. You know? But it doesn't matter. It still puts Veronica ahead. It's Veronica's ahead. I must have been. I do like Veronica. Ahead. Who would you vote for, Rich? Where are you going? Oh, Betty. What, what, Richard, sometimes you don't surprise me at all. Like, you, you just don't like the edgy girl, do you? The slightly edgy girl. That's it. Uh, it's not. It's not edgy. It's just that uh, I don't. I don't. There, there's always going to be a bit of a trust issue with a woman who's like super rich and <laughs> you know highfalutin with uh, other rich snobs. I mean, unless I was rich myself, but if I'm not, well, Betty would be more my lane. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. All right. Well, so well, thank you, Michael, for compiling the votes because I've done a very poor job of compiling. Um, Although I do think there was a bit of ballot box stuffing there because I do think Chuck's vote was actually for Betty. But regardless, Veronica wins the day. And, but let's well, face it. Unless you want to go back and listen to it, it sounds like Michael has gone back and listened to it. So. Nah, I'm not going to bother. And uh, your name is Dave, and uh, <laughs> well, you are notorious for misremembering or no, forgetting. No, I'm, I'm fucking Lois Lane. By the way, by the, <laughs> by the way, by, you know Lois Lane is one of my biggest heroes in history. Okay, now, by the way, I had Mike Barron on the show uh, a couple of days ago, and we went in deep, and I actually said to Dion, Dion, you'll finally get a chance to get a taste of my political views. And he was like, I'm scared. I said, I was, it gets hot in there, man. Me and Mike were on fire. Check it out. Support Private American. Go to Mike's site. Go to his Facebook. He's got all the links up there, privateamerican.com, and, and support Private American. It's about border wars, Rich. He was talking to me about snakeheads which are basically like the slavers, the smugglers um, that, are, that, are, that are taking people across the border illegally, Rich. And um, a lot of shit's going down, man, in New Mexico right now that we don't know about because we're too far away from the action. But Mike was getting into a lot of detail, and I started getting geopolitical, Rich. Do you like the sound of that? It, 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 it always sounds fancy. Ah, <laughs> yeah, man. I was getting in there. I won't even. I don't want to spoil it because I. I've sent you the link, Rich. I'm dying for you to listen to it, man. Like, if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you listen to anything from me ever where I do my solo shows, this is the one because I am freewheeling, man. And Mike is encouraging me, and I'm just like, you know, I threw out the rule book this time, you know. 
this is the rule book? Yeah, man. Well, I try to, you know, I know the sensors are always kind of watching signal, like trying to get, ping us for this or that. And But this time I just went completely unfiltered off script. And Mike was making some great comments. And this private American sounds so fucking badass. His Thin Blue Line comic was fantastic. So Mike Barron's on absolute fire. So check it out, kids. Now, um, James DiMatteis has raised over $50,000 to create four brand-new creator-owned series to celebrate the success of the campaign, the team announced a surprise fifth series, Richard, um, by Dame mm. DiMatteis and artist Valsilis Godzillas. Wow, that's an interesting name. Called the Edward Gloom Mysteries. Um, Rich, uh, have you, you know, where are you on this? Uh, are you buying the trade with all five of them or whatever? We had Jame on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I backed the four, but obviously okay. I didn't get back the fifth. Well, maybe the fifth is included as a bonus or something. I don't know. But um, that sounds interesting. I mean, Jamie. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's, it's from what it seems, it says it's uh, Charles Dickens meets Sherlock Holmes meets Frankenstein is the description. Really? That's pretty. That's a pretty interesting description. Well, Jamie never lets the side down. I mean, I won't ruin it, but I mean, his Spider-Man this week was just fantastic. You know, um, I'm looking forward to it. Now, uh, what do you think of this? A Nightmare on Elm Street star Robert England. Uh, who obviously played Freddy, wants Kevin Bacon to don the famous Federer and glove. Kevin Bacon, man. What do you say to that, Rich? Um, I mean, it could work. What's wrong with, what's his name, Robert Eglin? Is he too old now? Is he retired? Or, I mean, isn't he missing? Yeah, I don't, think he's inter- I don't think he's interested in getting all um, sitting in the makeup chair anymore. What's, he, what's he doing other than that? Like, that? Isn't that his whole career? Has been for decades. You know, yeah, he might be over it though. He could be producing or yeah, just kind of kicking back. I, I honestly don't know what he's been doing, but I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> maybe at that point he's done so many nightmare elsewhere. He's like, I just want to see someone else do sure. it so that I can watch it and enjoy it. But maybe. didn't someone else and do maybe it? He really like Kevin Bacon, so. But I believe in one of oh, the, the guy yeah. that played um the guy that played uh, Rorschach in the um oh, Walter Cossacks or something yeah or is that the name of Rorschach oh that's that's, <laughs> that's actually the name of Rorschach sorry I know the guy though you mean yeah did um, he play him Freddy yeah the the actor that played Rorschach he played uh, uh, Freddy in a reboot that was terrible yeah I've only heard bad things about that actually um yeah well. And it's funny that I announced that guy's name and it was actually the name of Rorschach. <laughs> he got inside my mind, man. Um, now, oh, yeah, so the, the interesting stuff, and I'm very excited about this next piece of news. So we do know that James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, are coming into stewardship at DC. Many fans are hoping this means the Lobo movie will finally end up happening. I know I'm one of these guys. After getting the job, Gunn made fans curious when he joined the social media platform Mastodon with an image of Lobo as his first post. Some took this to mean this was the filmmaker's subtle way of teasing he has plans for Lobo moving forward in the DCU. That would not surprise me that he would have that in the in the chamber. That seems to be up his alley, would you agree, Rich? Lobo? Uh, yeah, but I mean, people are saying that uh, Jason Momoa is going to be there. I'm just like, Jason, did they forget that he's Aquaman? Jason or? Momoa is like one of the biggest Lobo fans out there. He's been pushing for Lobo for years. He's a yeah, massive the problem is, fan. Aquaman. Oh, fuck Aquaman. Like, I, 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 would, I would love a scene. You know what I would love to see? 
you look, and you know, it doesn't need to be fucking Jason Moore, but just let's pretend that Jason Moore plays Lobo. You have a scene where he tears the head off and rips the head off Aquaman, who's also played by Jason Moore, and that's the end of Aquaman. Insert Lobo. Actually, I would, I would love it if they they did a, a, a they retconned the Aquaman right mm. to be that actually the the Patrick was... Wilson character was actually Aquaman. Oh yeah, 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 the blonde guy. I tell you what, Patrick Wilson. I know he was playing Orm. Yes, but fuck me with that blonde hair. Did he not look like Aquaman? Like come to life? I was yeah, just like, classic. shit. How did no one look at this and go, mate? You look like fucking Aquaman. Yeah, the classic Aquaman from like the. You know, the, the yeah, the blonde hair, you know, the short blonde hair. I'm just like, how, how can we have can, a movie form? Yeah, Ocean Master looks like Aquaman. Have yeah, I'm going to say something that might be controversial? I've always thought Aquaman sucks. You know, I know he's gotten better as the years have gone on. Like, I, I quite like the Aquaman movie. I, I know he's Jeff Johns did some stuff. We always have to hear about it, but in general, Aquaman just he. I just think he's such a flop of a character. You know, like. Fucking rolling I don't around. Know. I've I kind of liked him, but why? Because he can talk to the fish and stuff. I thought because it's a character that you can do interesting stuff with because because you, you can do sci-fi stories, you can do fantasy stories, you can do magic stories. Because Atlantis, <coughs> sorry, is all of those things. Sure. You know, Atlantis could be a world of magic, of science. But why do we never get those stories? Stuff. Why do we never get those stories? Because, again, it's the same way. Why do you sometimes get really shit Superman stories? Or sure. why do some people go, oh, Superman's so hard to write? Because there's just writers who don't know what to do with a character. And even yeah. though they get, get a book, because, again, you want a job. You want to get paid. Of course. So you'd be like, well, I don't fucking know what Aquaman story I'm going to write, but I need the money or I need the gig, so I'm going to take it. Well, a lot of guys have had a shot at Aquaman too. Like he, he has certainly, we he may not always have had a title, but he's pretty much been in print for as long as I've been collecting comics. Has been Aquaman. He's been around whether it's in Justice League, you know. There, there are runs that Peter David had that run. We we did Time and Tide on the Signal. It was one of the worst comics ever on Signal. Um, I know Adam the Computer out there somewhere bashing his head against the wall, saying, "Read Jeff Johns as Aquaman." And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I need Jeff Johns's, you know, fucking resuscitation of Aquaman in my life. Did you like Jeff Johns and Aquaman, Rich? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I know. And with the computers always saying to me because, like, he. I mean, look, it's not it's not as good as his flash. It's not as good as his flash, or or obviously his Green Lantern or his or his JSA. I mean, but those are like really high bars that he set. But yeah. he certainly did. Um, he certainly knew what to do with the character more than other writers have yeah. Um, done yeah. with the character. Yeah, I just thought that time and that's, time... That's, that's kind of what I like about Jeff Johns. It's you know When people go, oh, he's not like a, such a prolific... I'm like, yeah, but the difference is is Johns has a plan, okay? So it doesn't matter whether he comes into JSA, doesn't matter whether he comes into Green Lantern or Flash. Mm. He has a plan for the character. Oh, yeah. And he knows... Yeah. Um, and he knows what to do with the character and how to implement the character. So Understood. when he did Aquaman, it just gave Aquaman a bit of stability because again, he knew what to, he knew how to treat the character and he knew what to do with the character to make him uh, less of a joke or you know yeah. uh, less of like what the hell's going on, which has been some of the Aquaman stories over the years. That's just what I like about Johns is that he just he he goes into a book with a plan. 
You know what I mean? Totally I feel agree. like he, yeah. he comes up with like a five-year plan of like where the stories are going to go, where the character's going to go, the stories going to go. Whereas a lot of people might, other people might go, I'll figure it out as I go. Or, you know what I mean? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of the next story when I finish the story. I, or something I like totally that. agree. I, it's so funny you say that because just the other day I was sitting here and, and Jeff Johns was on my mind for some reason. And I was thinking of his Green Lantern because I read that from the start. Like I hopped on that Green Lantern from Rebirth back in the day. You know, I read probably the first 30 issues. And it really impressed me that I felt this guy had a structure. He had a plan. It wasn't just month to month throwing at the wall. You know, whether, it, whether I don't know, we, we, we're not Jeff Johns. We don't know how detailed his notes were, but it felt like he was building to something, you know? And clearly it worked because his Green Lantern thing was probably, I would say, probably his biggest success in comics. But um, also Chuck Dixon always talks about how he wrote so far. He, he wrote so far ahead with his scripts. He had it planned out. I don't know in what detail, but in pretty damn good detail so that when they would insert events, and in the bad office that happened all the time, he could just insert those events into his scripts because he was so far ahead. He could just move it around like sort of like chess pieces or something. And... You know, the, the, he could make room for it in his stories, and you're right. I mean, but with that comes, you know, you have to be confident to do that because if you tell me, if I'm, you know, breaking in and, like, you've got Aquaman, Dave, well, fuck. I mean, the way comics are these days, you're lucky to get 12 issues, you know? Um, you know, the way they reboot Rich and they cancel and, like, it's just... It, it takes balls. Like, because if I remember correctly, his Green Lantern, the beginning of that, is kind of a bit of a slow burn at the start, remember? With Jeff Johns? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it you know, not a slow burn, but but it, it builds. You know, it's it, he's a builder when it comes to that. From my memory. Um, maybe I'm misremembering. No, I think he got off to a good start because he kind of had like a Manhunter yeah, he did, um, he did, story he did. Right, right at the start. So, um it may be slowed down a little bit when it was the cowgirl stuff and uh, yeah. the right. was supposed to be Russian. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that was the problem. Is is and 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 this is sometimes the problem with DC is that they're their own worst enemy. Mm. There wasn't much he could do because they were having an event and then they were going to have to do the what was year. it the, the one year one yeah. year later or something yeah. or the yeah. whatever. So. There wasn't much he could do before they, he knew that they were going to have to do the one year later thing. Yeah. So he just sort of had a story of the week kind of, you know, oh, I'll have some Manhunters and just, you know, spend a bit of time and all that sort of shit. But it's because he knew, hang on, there's a one year event coming up. So I can't really get stuck into, yeah. you know, once the one year event, one year later thing happens, then I can start telling the, the Lantern story that I'm going to be telling with all the Lanterns and the cause and all that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't say it's a slow burn, but it's it's definitely not necessarily leading towards anything until yeah. the one year later uh, happens. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, but but it's funny because I was just thinking that the other day that there was a guy who had a plan, you know, and I just wonder if a lot of the writers of today, they're their own worst enemy. They're not confident that their title is going to last too long, you know, and so they're very short-term thinkers, and, and that's exactly how I think of them. Like, it's short-term thinking. They talk about writing for the trade, but it's like, dude, you barely fucking wrote enough issues to make up a trade, you know? Like, mm. your, your run is pitiful, you know? And, and that's not all on them. I mean, that's... Yes, it's on them. Uh, the audience is not buying. Editorial doesn't have the faith in the titles, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole list of reasons why, but I find it hard to care when it's just like, oh, this new writer's come on and they're going to be doing like, oh, wow, they might do like 14 issues. Whoopie-doo. To me, 14 issues is child's play, Rich. 
you know? Like mm. in, in my mind, I, I just think 14 issues, is, it's not that much. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Now, we had some news. Sylvester Stallone uh, has been talking up this new Tulsa Kingdom thing, this new show he's got coming out, and he's been talking about different things. He passed up $34 million for Rambo 4 back in the late 80s, and I believe Rambo 3 doesn't get enough love. He said, he was asked by Variety, what's the most you ever paid for a role? He said, I turned down 34. You turned down $34 million for what film? We were doing Rambo 3. We thought it was going to be the biggest hit. This was before it came out, and I was paid a fortune for it. Then they go, we want Rambo 4. Here it is, pay or play, 34. I go, let's not jump the gun here. Apparently, that'd be about $85 million today's um, currency with inflation, Rich. Um, but I've got to say, as a kid of the 80s, I would have loved if he pumped that Rambo 4 at the tail end of the 80s. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly better probably than waiting... Yeah, a long time. 2008, I think. 30, 30 years for another one. Yeah, although he thinks that his best action movie is that Rambo movie. He, that's what he says. Um, Which one? The, the most recent one or the one no, before? the one yeah, before yeah. Last Blood, the one that's just titled Rambo. It's set uh, in Burma. Yeah, it's all right. I think it's all right, too. I, I, mean, it's def- I mean, it's definitely got a good action in it, but it's not necessarily a great story. No. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you've got some news here about Hugh Jackman. What's going on, Rich? You know the Hugh Jackman is normally my problem. Oh my god! But what have you got? Uh, he's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be bulking up or working out for the role. What at all? <laughs> so I'm sure he's doing some working out. Well, so apparently a lot of the scenes in Deadpool will be CG with Jackman. So I'm, I'm assuming that means he's going to be in costume a lot. There's not going to be a lot of, right. um, um, you know, uh, shirts off. Wolverine stuff because apparently he's just he doesn't want to do the 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 big regiment um to, to get enough. into that shape. I don't mind that. That's okay. If he, if Hugh needs to kind of kick back a little bit in the uniform, as long as we get Hugh Jackman, I'm well, they'll probably do a bit of like the the Shazam sort of costume where you know it's 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 a costume and then they'd use a bit of CG to sort of tweak it. Sure. And let's face it. I mean, Hugh Jackman's never fat. I mean, he's lean. You know, when he's not working out, like this is not a guy that. He's got a he's got a nice frame just normally himself. You know, mm. he's 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 an attractive person. Like now some um news here. HBO has cancelled Westworld. They're not getting their I believe they did four seasons, maybe five, but they're not getting the next season. It's so it sort of ends they were begging HBO to get the final season out. It's not happening. I think viewer numbers have been dropping. Uh, I've I'm part of the problem. I watched the first couple of episodes, thought it was interesting. Michelle didn't like it. I've never gone back. Have you checked out any of Westworld, Rich? No, I forget that that's even a show until it, like now when it gets brought up. Um, I literally forget that it exists. Do you, did you have you ever seen the original with your Brenner? Original? Of course, yeah, it's great. Fucking, it's a great. I still prefer that. Like, I'm like, I love that so much, and and I like the idea of doing the modern version. I get it. I'm sure they can do it really well, but I fucking love that movie, man. That original movie it was awesome. Yeah, but you see, the, I guess my my for me, I'm just kind of like I get the uh, I get the appeal of a movie like Westworld where. You go there, the park goes haywire, you know what I mean? And then it becomes a survival type movie. When they announced the TV show, I was like, really? Like, I just don't feel like Westworld is something that needs to be explored. But it's so people, the rich people can go in and play and stuff and do all crazy shit. I'd probably like it. But again, a movie, sure. But a TV TV show that's four or five, whatever seasons, I'm just kind of like, really? Does it it require that much exploration into... (laughs) 
the themes kind of thing and all that. I'm like, I just don't think it does. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, they like if they if your Brenner was still alive and of an age where he could do it, I'd be watching Westworld every fucking week. If if your Brenner was the main star, you know. But sadly, I I want to say your Brenner may have cashed out what early eighties, late eighties. It was in the eighties. Uh, no, I think. Point. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was never a candidate for the reboot because I mean, unless you could, you know, sort of resurrect him, um, some dark magic. Um, or clone him, Rich, which would be interesting. Do you think that would be possible? Like, off-the-books clone? Oh, one day we won't need to clone people. We just have to hire an actor and put their face on top of it. 85, he died. He was only 65. I, I want to say it was cancer. I think he had cancer. Let's have a look here. Uh, da -da 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 Let's get down to death. Yeah, lung cancer. I had a feeling that was it, man. So... Do you think they could clone people if they had like a hand of Yul Brenner, you know, sort of at the time? Would they have been able to clone him now? Do you think? No. You still, you, you no. I'm just saying. Forget about ethical. Do you think that the no, 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 no? I don't think the technology's there. No. No. Okay. I've brought this up before on Signal. Um, Stu used to entertain a lot of my concepts around cloning. We used to get into quite some arguments about it, but you know, I. Well, you just don't feel... But haven't they cloned, like, cows and stuff? No. They have. Anyway. Dude, they have. They did yeah, sheep and stuff, to, like, man. No, I know that they... No, nah, but I don't think it's been successful, though. Like, And also, really? let's be honest. I think even if, let's say, you could clone something, yeah. something like a sheep or whatever doesn't exactly have cognitive ability. Well, like, you're so. still talking about being able to clone something with, like, uh, with high-end cognitive ability. Like, if you clone them, would they be like a newborn baby? Would the brain or so be cloned and fully developed with all the knowledge no. and experience that the original had? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I just don't think they're there. Like, Can forget we... about ethical or whatever. I just don't think the technology is there. You don't think the Chinese Maybe have got it? Maybe on scale it is, but... You don't think the Chinese have got it? Listen, mate, the, the Chinese are not interested in cloning and making more people. They're interested in depopulating. <laughs> <laughs> Can we clone a dinosaur? For the sake of argument, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, God, too complicated to answer, but it, it seems like not just yet. It seems like not just yet because of something to do with the genome, DNA, the molecule. It's, yeah, DNA breaks down over time, Rich. There you go. With so much mm -hmm. time having passed, it is very unlikely any dinosaur DNA would remain today. What about Yul Brenner? He only died in 95. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but there's been no, I don't know, maybe there's been no blood pumping or anything like that. So, <laughs> you know. He cashed but, out in um, 95. I just. The I cells just, have probably died. I, I'm, I'm, am I, because I'm going to make some comments now which might seem outrageous to you, like key players for the Australian cricket team. Why can't we clone them? Ricky Ponting, he's still alive. You know, if they paid him a few million, let's say they paid Ricky 10, 20 million. Ooh. Yeah. Neither neither South Africa or Australia had a good show in uh, the <laughs> little World Cup now, did they? But I'm talking about cloning the classics. Like, let's clone Steve Waugh, let's clone AB, let's clone Ricky Ponting. You know, I'm not talking about cloning the clowns of today. Um, Why? Yeah. Why, Why, Dave? Why? Because then we can grow a next batch of great players, like from a stockpile. You know? Uh, okay, so therefore <laughs> there's no need for any other athletes ever and give up on wanting to be a, a cricketer, a professional cricketer yourself? Like, Well, I've, gi I've given up on my dream. With, with my knee, I've given up on my dream personally, if that's what you're saying. But I'm just trying to stockpile, Rich. That's all I'm saying. Like, 
if I'm running no. it, if I'm running it, dude, if, if they put me in charge, and they probably will at the cricket board, that's going to be one of the first things. Let's get some offers out there to some of the great players to get some cloning going. And then we need to own those clones to train them so they don't get distracted, you know, and want to become like fucking accountants. We need to get them in the nets and get their, get their, get their, so they get the brain I going. I've got to be honest with you. I don't know how you keep coming up with so many bad ideas. Like, <laughs> you, you just seem to be like a bottomless pit of bad ideas. Uh, but do you see that I believe it, man? Like I like, but believe me, if they put me in charge, that would be one of my first items on the agenda. That would seriously be that'd be on my first day. I, yeah. I'd bring someone in. Okay, let's get the offers out there. Mate, whether it's on your agenda or not, it's not happening. So <laughs> <laughs> you can have it on your agenda. That doesn't mean it's going to be happening, buddy. <laughs> I just think if I was given complete control, the world could be a very crazy place. I'd, I'd enjoy it personally. You know, be a lot of chaos. Um, but again, that's because you always think you're going to be immune to the decisions you make <laughs> when you won't. So, what are you talking about? Like, dude, I, I recognize, like, I recognize that my eyes and reflexes were never good enough to make it in professional cricket. I completely, totally get it. So, I'm not cloning myself for that purpose. But I'm no, no, no. There. I think you think that you can just clone an entire army of cricketers and somehow it's not going to backfire or affect you when it goes wrong at the end of the day. Like you just think like, Oh, I'll just make the decision. I'll be immune to any of the consequences. Like that's what I mean. You just, you have this idea, like all your ideas, there'll be no back. I'm an like, ideas man. You know, I'm an ideas man. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're definitely, you're definitely not a think of the future, man. <laughs> definitely not a think of the consequences, man. Well, dude, when we start rolling out cricketing, Australian cricketers, and you're like, fucking hell, like Dave's teams are pretty strong at the moment. Yeah, because Dave's been smart enough to stockpile some of the great cricketers of the past and pay their money and get the clones going. And there's a whole factory yeah. going. I'm sure that there'll be just there'll, there'll be some enzyme that I can probably just inject into them that'll melt them away, so it'll be fine. Oh dear, that would be tragic. Um, there's a spin-off, Rich. I know you've been waiting for for John Wick. Uh, it's got a spin-off with Anna de Armas, the woman who played Marilyn Monroe recently in Blonde. Uh, very, who? What? Very attractive lady. It's called Ballerina, and Keanu Reeves mm. is cameoing. It seems he's confirmed to be in it, but it could just be a cameo. Okay. Are you a John Wick guy? Uh, I was. What does that mean? Like what? You I stopped? didn't enjoy the last movie. So what? You're just giving up on the franchise? Is that it? Is that you done? Uh, I think there's another John Wick movie. I'll maybe I'll check it out and see. But if it's as bad as the last movie, then I'm definitely 100 percent gone. I haven't seen three. I thought two was poor, frankly. Um. Uh, well, two is still okay. Three is, is the poor, poor one. That's okay. where it just goes. It, what, what's that expression? It jumps the shark. It jumps the shark. Now, what about this? Avatar, The Way of Water, is set to run approximately three hours and ten minutes, Rich. Nearly 30 minutes longer than the original Avatar in twenty in 2009. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Over three hours. That's long. That's really long. It's Lord of the Rings time, man. The way of water, man. I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. Are you in cinemas, Rich? Are you going to come see it? No, I'm, I'm. I'm the way of whatever, man. <laughs> you are a bit of the way of whatever, actually, and I and I don't mean to sound personal, but that's a problem. You know, like you need to embrace the future, no, man. You I'm not to. a. I'm not a faker, Dave. I can't. Man. I can't fake enthusiasm for for shit. Fake it till you make it, Rich. It's a saying. There's a saying that you should live by, man. No, I'd rather just make it.
and not have to fake it. All right. <laughs> now, I've gotten some news that I am super excited about, and I said to you, you've got to, I actually said to you when I entered the news, you've got to read this because it's so fucking extraordinary. So, archaeologists have discovered a 1,500-metre tunnel that may lead to Cleopatra's tomb. Um, obviously, the queen of Egypt, I guess. Um, now, it's beneath an Egyptian temple. Um, I'm serious, Rich, when I say this could lead to evidence of alien contact in the past. Um, it was found below the ground during archaeological excavations of the, of the mission in the area of the Temple of Tasperias Munga, uh, west of Alexandria. For years, Martinez had believed that Egypt's final pharaoh, Cleopatra, may have been laid to rest in the temple alongside her lover, Mark Antony. Um, speaking to Heritage Key, he said, this is the perfect place for the tomb of Cleopatra. If there's a 1% chance that the last queen of Egypt could be buried here, it's my duty to search for her. If we discover the tomb, it will be the most important discovery of the 21st century. If we do not discover the tomb, we have made major discoveries here inside the temple and outside the temple. Well, so he really covers his bets there with that final comment. Um, I'm convinced. I, the more I think about it, the more I'm pretty confident that there was alien interference at that time in contact. Uh, Romans, Cleopatra, Mark Antony, the birth of the Roman Empire. Um... I'm sure I'm not alone in these thoughts, Rich. Uh, I've often spoken about the birthing chambers and the pyramids. Um, you've heard it many times from me. Do you feel that this is finally a step in the right direction? Why? <laughs> what has what anything you said there made me think it's a step in the right direction for you? <laughs> because they finally found a tomb, man. And the joke will no, be No, they haven't, you. mate. Hey, well, listen, he's searching for, he's go searching. and watch. Do you know how many? You know, I've watched probably at least three documentaries on people who think that they who thought that they found the tomb of Cleopatra. Really? Okay. These people think that there's always someone thinking they found the tomb somewhere and it never is there. Well, well, I mean, I've gotten super excited. I did not realize this was the. Th I look, in all honesty, I didn't realize they had, didn't already have a tomb. I thought it would be well known where a tomb was, but um, I don't know, man. It just feels like we're on the brink of something huge, huge, Richard. And, you know, I've often said to you, alien interference in Egyptian culture and the birth of the Roman Empire, it's, 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 a, it's a key moment in history, Richard, and they touched upon in Assassin's Creed Origins, and I'm starting to think they were onto Dave, something. Yeah. I need – okay, listen. Okay, listen. I really need you to, to, to listen to me now, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, okay, yeah. is not historically accurate, okay? It's not it's, – it's, it's not evidence – of of aliens in the past, okay? It's just a game. It's fiction. It's entertainment. It is very entertaining. <laughs> well, you say that, Richard, but you know I've often said, to counter your argument, I think they've, they've hidden a lot of the alien stuff, fed it back in as fiction, man, to blend it, to, to hide the fact in the fiction. Dave, you can yeah. claim whatever you like until you provide evidence. That's all it is. It's just you claiming shit. <laughs> I, you know I believe it, man. How many times have I spoken about the birthing chambers and the pyramids, man? Many. It feels like many times. And Of course, but you've never once provided me evidence. Well, this fucking guy is close. This guy's real close. No, even if he's close to anything, he's, he's close to finding a tomb of a fucking pharaoh. What's that got to do with your alien and your birthing chambers? Nothing. <laughs> Well, I think they're connected. I really do. I re and I'm not the only but one. A, I'm not the only one I who thinks this. Before, what I find so fascinating is 
yeah, like hundred years ago, there were so many photos of of the Loch Ness monster and sure. Bigfoot and all that sort of stuff. And today, there are no pictures <laughs> of any of that stuff. Okay, that should tell you something, Dave. <laughs> there is nothing. Like it's all fake. I don't believe that at all, man. I do not believe that at all. You know, recently. I've been listening. Michelle doesn't like me listening to it. I, I listen to this alien podcast thing where this guy brings on all these people who write all these books and stuff about aliens, and some of them are pretty far out there. Some of these guys are even that. Uh, even I'm. Some thinking, of them. Yeah, even I'm thinking some of them are out. They're pretty far out. There are a lot of lot of guys and gals claiming abduction stories. But but seriously, dude, I, I've been getting into a lot of the stuff around the uh, U.S. Air Force and their um, sightings. Okay, like Air Force pilots, man, who who had sightings of of alien craft or unidentified flying objects or whatever you want to call it back in the day, man. And not all of it is easily explained, Rich. They're like, okay, the Egypt thing is my own thing. Okay, I've got a feeling that's true. I've got a really big feeling that's true. I think you'll find out at the end of the day before your lifetime is over. You'll be like, Dave, you were right. You got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. It'll be a sweet fucking day for me. <laughs> it's a long shot, man, but sometimes you got to back a long shot, you know, and... You know what, I'm gonna, Dave, I'm going to do you a favor, okay? Mm. You need to make sure that I am present on your deathbed, right? Like, <laughs> when, you, when you're about to kick it. <laughs> just before you kick it, I'm going to whisper in your ear, you were right, Dave, they just found evidence of the birthing chambers so that you can die. Die happy. With 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 uh, uh, a lie making you feel good. I'll probably hang on for an extra day so I can read the read the report. Um, one of the things I want to do, like, and I'm serious about this, I want to get on a couple of alien experts, but I also want to I want to get to that stage now where when they're doing the reports at like the congressional hearings on the aliens and stuff, I want to get that data so I can read through it. That's what I want. Now I don't know how to get it. We've got a lot of US I've, listeners, you know. This is the issue I have with people that call themselves or <laughs> you calling people alien experts. Yeah. Something has to exist for you to be an expert on it. Well, they think it does, man, and they've encountered it. But again, you can't be an expert on something that you've never actually no, like, been some able of these people to, have had encounters. To... Some of these people have had encounters. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. <laughs> Well, we're going to find out when we have them on the show, and I'm going to get in deep with them. Um, one of my friends, actually, on Facebook, he runs a um, like a documentary company, Seth Breedlove, and and he it's all like not aliens, it's um like Bigfoot and stuff, like and 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 like spooky tales and stuff like that. He does like little documentaries, and he goes to like the the villages and small towns and whatever where they've cited these things, man, and like he's made like a whole cottage industry out of it. It's pretty cool. Um, I'd like to get him on, you know, because I think he's probably got some answers, you know, because a lot of shit. Ooh, man, tell him, Dave, tell him to bring the footage of, of the Bigfoot. Dude, he, he's done like multiple documentaries. So I assume okay, he's got so some then stuff. He's got, then he's got the footage of Bigfoot, right? Like I don't clear know I don't know footage of Bigfoot. I don't know, Richard, if he's done well, that. If, if he can't provide that, then <laughs> you're not going to win me over, Dave. No, but a lot of it is he's going to the small towns and interviewing the people who've cited them and stuff, you know? Like sure, a, I get it. He's doing, yeah, he's doing documentaries on crazy people. That's a good he, thing. No, but I, also I he's out that. there in the woods searching and shit. Maybe he has found something. I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's why we'll have it on the show. No, I feel like it would be news if we discovered <laughs> 
Well, I don't know, but, but like, there's a lot of an agenda where people are trying to squash it all the time, you know? I, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, the government are... doesn't want you to find out that Bigfoot was a government agent, so they're trying to keep it all hush-hush, you know? The government really doesn't want you finding Bigfoot for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't know, man, but we'll need to get Seth on the show so we can put some of these questions to him. Uh, you're a skeptic, man, I've realised. That's what you are. You're a skeptic. Oh, man, I'm not a skeptic. I am a super-duper realist skeptic maximizer what am i i feel i'm not you're looney tune man <laughs> it's not fair you know michelle you, you are you are like every kind of nut in one bag <laughs> you know michelle bans me from listening to too much of my alien podcasts <laughs> i wouldn't i don't blame her like i don't blame her because it, it, the problem is it just feeds into your in, into your delusion <laughs> uh Anyway, moving away from one of my favourite fucking topics, and Jesus Christ, I pray this guy finds the tomb. And I would, here's the scene I'm picturing: she finds the tomb. Guess what? She's still alive, like death-like, like a zombie. You know, her and Mark Antony still entwined, still rolling around, like half alive, mostly dead. And then in the corner, man, you see the alien skeleton. You see the fucking craft. And suddenly, Richard has to make a lot of fucking apologies. For some of the crazy keep, shit he's been saying, Dave, you know. Dave, keep dreaming, buddy. Keep dreaming. <laughs> I'm just picturing it. I'm just painting a picture. You know, like, can you imagine if you got down there and you're like, shit, she's not dead. Wow. There's some dark yeah. power going on and down you, here. I, I like the analogy of painting a picture because that's also um, <laughs> not real. <laughs> anyway, um, Disney plans an Indiana Jones TV series uh, reportedly for the Disney Plus service. This actually is not a bad idea. Um, streaming service, series set in the world of the globetrotting archaeologist in blah, 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 general meetings with writers. While we're not clear on the nature of the project, it is, is it a prequel akin to the young Indiana Jones Chronicles series in the early 90s, a spin-off, an existing character, a work that ties into the um, upcoming fifth film or a full-on reboot? We don't know. Actor Harrison Ford has stated he's done playing the character after the fifth film is completed and is due out next year. Disney has also been said to be exploring a number of options to keep the franchise going. I think they'll struggle with that, Harrison Ford. I mean, you'll probably get a couple of seasons out of it, but I'm not sure. Well, you know. The, the, the smart thing they did back in the day was they did Young Indiana Jones because then you don't have yes. to worry about um, uh, equaling. Um, yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford's performance uh, because it's a young Indiana Jones it can be, you know, doesn't have to be him but if you're going to do an Indiana Jones and it's supposed to be you know, like Harrison Ford's age in the original movies, yeah, yeah it's going to be really, really, really hard Cause especially because it's, it's it's Harrison Ford it's such exactly. an iconic, exactly. you know I always you thought know, young Indiana Jones was okay it wasn't great, but it was okay I mean, I No, but I what I'm saying it. is that you can get away with that because yeah. you don't it's younger. It's a teenage yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones. Of course, Harrison Ford can't play a teenage Indiana Jones, so you can get away with it, and and, and people will be more forgiving. Yeah, because it's not you know you're not trying to replace Harrison Ford. I'm um, not sure I'll watch it if they just if they just did a flat out reboot like they did with Magnum. I'm not sure I'd watch it because I just I've got no interest in it. Like maybe if they did it really well and I heard it was really good, I'd hop on board. But I just think I'm looking forward uh, to in the this movie. day and age. I have even less. Um, Less faith. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Oculus Creator has made a virtual reality headset that intentionally kills people named Nerve Gear. 
The system <laughs> aims to closely tie people's virtual life to their real one by bringing them both to an end at the same time. What the fuck? How is this legal? Like, so, suddenly we're allowed to do this? I didn't realise this was fucking going on. Where the hell... Is this is this a real news item, Richard? Is this guy actually doing this shit? And, and he's allowed I to do it? I honestly don't know, Dave, because I didn't put this in the news. Yeah, but, like, come on, man. I mean, at a certain point... Sorry, I just dropped my phone with all the news. Sorry, there was a bit of a news break there while Dave dropped his phone. Um, yeah, but I'm just... But surely that's not legal. You can't just create shit that's like... We're not in the fucking back streets of Thailand. You know, like, this guy's like... I just It just seems to me, even me, I'm like, that seems to be going too far. Uh, you know, I'm not... That's... I, one thing I will say, though, that is kind of like the ultimate deathmatch mode. I will say I that. Believe that no, I can't believe they've made something that intentionally kills people. I think maybe that someone was being hyperbolic or something. Right. Potentially, yeah. Maybe he's meaning that he made something with, a, with a, some sort of peripheral that could literally kill someone if you hit them with it or something like that. Sure. Would you play it if there was cash at stake? What, we are going to have to kill someone in real life? Yeah, but like you could also die yourself. Only if I get to choose the person. <laughs> I'm not playing against some you. random stranger. No, Dion, you got to go up against Dion. <laughs> no, that's your nemesis, not mine. <laughs> yeah, but I'll toss him out to you if you want. You can, you can feel free. Um, no, I've got my Dave. I got my own list. You got your own list. Okay, fair enough. Um, Black Adam has taken the top spot at the box office for the third weekend in a row. So let's have a look at the box office. Actually, of Black Adam, I haven't looked at it um, in recent days. It's got to be making some decent money. Um, Definitely a success for the studio, though. Like, it's not it's not the bomb that, you know, people were sort of predicting. Black Adam, Box Office Mojo. It's got to be surely pushing close to about 400, 500 million by now. Worldwide. Let's have a look here. Black Adam. Where is Box Office? Here it is. Black Adam, Box Office Mojo. Let's have a look and see what it's done. I think it's... um. One of his biggest movies. Yeah, so right now it's sitting over just 326 million. It's making decent money. 141 in the States, 184 worldwide. Um, oh. Well, it's definitely, not, it's definitely not going to hit the billion. No, no, definitely not. I think it's going to, I mean, what, probably take 600 million, probably, somewhere around there worldwide. Oh, I don't know. Doesn't Black Panther come out now? True, true. It does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, maybe it'll make around five hundred million. Um, still, it's a success. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, you know, neither of us thought it was the world's greatest movie. So, you know. Well, I was thinking the other day, I would actually laugh if Black Adam does more than Black Panther. I I've, overall, I mean, I, it won't. But I, I have a feeling that Black Panther will not make anything like the money of the original Black Panther. I don't think it'll break a billion dollars. I think it'll make seven hundred million, something around there, six hundred, seven hundred million, which isn't bad. Well, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it was always going to be an uphill battle because one, um, you know, you talk about a character like Aquaman, you know, kind of being like Black Panther to me is kind of the same where it's kind of like, what do you do yeah. with that character? Um, but two, um, it, it, everyone who fell in love with, obviously, um, T'Challa yeah. as Black Panther, well, they might be a bit turned off by the fact that, you know, obviously the actor passed away and... Sure. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, like Shuri in the first movie was pretty much a very, very side character. I know. Um, People carrying on like she was so great. And I was like, really? Like, 
Yeah, she was probably in the movie for like maybe I don't know a total of forty minutes, maybe. Yeah. Like she was definitely a side character, so I don't know. It, it's definitely an, uh, this movie definitely has an uphill battle uh, ahead of itself. Do you know how much Aquaman took worldwide? Do you do you know? I've got the number in front of me. It's actually surprising. I think it took a, it definitely took a billion. It did one point one billion dollars. That surprised yeah. me because I that is a big fucking hit, um, huge hit. But but obviously Black Adam's not going to go near there. I think Black Adam would be lucky to make about five hundred fifty million. Looking at the numbers, well, I mean, Aquaman did very well in China. I think right. Okay, it, it has a huge worldwide. It made three hundred thirty five in the states, eight hundred thirteen internationally. So that's pretty impressive, you know. Mm. Uh, China it took two hundred ninety one million, which is not bad. It's almost as much as it took in the states. Well, it's almost a third, of, yeah, of, yeah. of his... So it did very well. Totally. It did very well over there. But, yeah, no, interesting. Um, you know, I wanted to watch this space to see what continues on with the DC movies, and I think with um, James Gunn coming in, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm watching a show, actually, on Netflix, Rich, called Barbarians. Have you heard of this show? It's not bad. It's about, like, the Barbarians. I heard that there is a show called Barbarians. I have no idea. When I saw it wasn't actually about Barbarians, I didn't bother carrying on. It is. It's about the Germanic barbarians, like invading um, Rome. That's what it's about. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. Someone exa- told me it was something else. Maybe they were. No, there's a movie. <laughs> You're thinking of a movie called Barbarian. Oh, okay. Maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a separate thing. Totally separate thing. Yeah, there's a movie called Barbarian, um, which is about. I think it's like a murder thing or something. Um, how about this? Uh, Logan actor Daphne Keane, who played X-23 alongside Wolverine and Professor X, uh, has reportedly been cast in The Acolyte, the upcoming Star Wars series set years before The Phantom Menace. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about Tales of the Jedi being really good, Rich, which is on Disney+. Plus. Um, I've heard mixed things. Really? I've heard a lot of people saying, maybe this is time for you to get back involved, Rich, deal yourself back in. A lot of people are saying it... it it ties in a lot to the prequels and builds a lot on the characters and is, you know, I've heard nothing mm-hmm. but And prize. other people who are Star Wars fans have said it breaks characters, it redoes canon, oh blah, 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 blah. So, oh, dear. As I said, I've heard mixed things, so I'm not really interested. Wow. Does that mean you won't watch? It's got a 70 out of Metacritic and an 8.5 yeah. user score. I was, I was can fuck off and die for all I care. Wow. What would it take to get you back? Be Kathleen Kennedy gone? Um, Kathleen Kennedy gone and Disney sells it to someone else. Well, the second part's not going to happen, so, okay. Yeah, so, therefore, it's dead to me. Wow. Okay. Uh, Community's Danny Pudi shares his excitement for the upcoming movie, the Community movie, blah, blah, blah. The Community film was announced by Sony Pictures TV and Peacock. Jesus Christ, just give up on that shit, man, seriously. On September 30, the movie will fulfill the show's mantra of six seasons in a movie and will include most of the sitcom's original cast, John McHale, Alison Brie, Jim Rash, Julian G- Jacobs... Uh, and Hangover star Ken Jeong, he is funny, have all been confirmed alongside PewDiePie. Uh, Chevy Chase will not be returning, and uh, no word on Donald Glover at this point. Um, yeah, I've got to say, I think that show had its day, you know? Like, Mate, it had so many days. That show got cancelled, like, fucking multiple times yeah. and went to, like, two or three different bloody um, uh, cable networks. It is a funny show. I mean, I enjoyed it as a show. Like, I, thought it was I thought it was... Deathly unfunny. Really? Didn't feel it at all, man? No, I thought it was... Oh, God, I thought it was terrible. Really? I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, okay, I'm starting to reverse my decision on re- you'd like reservation dogs if you hate a community so much. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery will focus on popular franchises like Harry Potter, House of the Dragon, Superman, Lord of the Rings, while the com- which the company still has rights to make movies. Sounds like a pretty sensible strategy um, to, to bunker down and focus on the franchises that make money. Um, I mean, I'm really enjoying House of the Dragon. I think we need a new Superman movie badly. Um, you've got something here about James Gunn. What is James Gunn doing about something about the air cut of Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. Now that he's in charge, people were like, you know, a bunch of people were tweeting at him like, oh, my God, bring back the air cut and save Legends of Tomorrow. You can do it. You're our guy. And he was just like, oh, my God, I love you guys. Oh, we hear you. We hear you. You know, and lots of shit going forward. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> that's basically he, he he basically was like blowing smoke up their ass like oh yeah. we're so busy are we, oh we're looking at everything and oh you know we've got a plan and it's like what he's basically saying is yeah shut up nothing's happening but yeah. i don't want to say that outright because then you'll be upset yeah i i want i want the honeymoon to last just a little bit longer kind of thing i mean save legends tomorrow really that shouldn't be no one's priority let that show die um correct yeah, like there's really honestly, like you know, just start again kind of thing is is what I'm thinking. I do you know what the the the, the issue I had with the CW shows is as the shows went on, they just became less. They felt less and less like superhero shows. Yeah, like to me, Legends of Tomorrow uh, is unrecognizable. Mm. Go watch like the first season, and then go watch the last season, and it's almost like you you would say to yourself, "Oh my god, is this supposed to be the same show?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Look, we watched the first three seasons. It was pretty watchable, but yeah, it got pretty bad. Um, Quentin Tarantino was talking about how he would never direct a Marvel DC movie. I I like his quote. You have to be a hired hand to do those things. I'm not a hired hand. I'm not looking for a job. It's fair enough. I mean, Quentin Tarantino. See, now this is why I feel like DC should be... um... Okay, look, I think the time of the the shared cinematic universe is pretty much done. Right. Okay. Like even even it doesn't feel like um it doesn't feel like anything even at Marvel now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I I don't know more all the Marvel TV shows and movies. I don't feel like there's a connection anymore. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like they're all building towards something. I think oh my god if I think if DC went to or Warner Brothers went to Quentin and said listen Quentin we want you to direct a movie but no look it's not a, it's not cinematic whatever what do you want to do like we've got these vertigo shit we've got you know whatever what do you want to do imagine like Quentin Tarantino doing like a Doom Patrol thing oh. or a constant you know what I mean like there, there's something in his wheelhouse for him to do I just don't think it has to be necessarily a straight up mainstream superhero mm. thing but you know there's a lot of vertigo stuff and all that um you know that he could potentially do and do it well you mm. know what i mean he, but you just got to come to him with the right project and just say look it's not tied to anything man it's its own it's its own thing and we want you to you know we want you to bring it to life so, that's a good point you know that he shouldn't good. say never but i think what he means is i don't think he's interested in the in that mcu in the cookie cutter shit the cookie cutter shit like ant-man 4 or something you know like yeah i know i hear you man it's um interesting uh but i guess as well he does like to write his own screenplays and you know all that kind of shit like has his own vision and stuff like he's always said he wants to do a certain number of movies um what have you got here something about rings of power rich what's what's going on in rings of power Oh, I just read an interesting thing that apparently each episode um, had less and less uh, viewer time each week. <laughs> Actually, there's something that I wanted to... Um, they've put out a book 
the Tolkien estate, the fall of Numenor, which I think collects obviously a lot of stuff about Numenor. I actually think I might get it because, um, you know, I love Numenor. And go back to the source with, um, it's J.R.R. Tolkien stuff, you know? So they've put together all these collections of writings on, on Numenor, right? I think it's really interesting. So I'm thinking I might actually get that. But I'm kind of wondering how much is his writing and how much is just someone else writing from his notes and stuff, you know? Like... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is his son's dead now and his son was the real caretaker of the estate, you know, and he was really into it, like... Like the fidelity, and whoever's running it now, I can't remember his name. He's just a greedy little bastard. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, he's just pumping out all this shit, like which never, like I'm interested in the fallen like, humanoid, but I'm just like, what's whoever talking, whichever talking is running it now is like, here is my here is my grandfather's work. Make it marvel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I don't know, man. Like, it's it's a commercial world. Give me that novel money now. It's a commercial world, though, you know? So it's maybe he's just like, we just want to squeeze it and squeeze it and squeeze it and squeeze it. And they've got the show out now, and maybe it's just time to really put the fucking squeeze on, you know? That's kind of what I'm thinking, Rich. Like, there's a very yeah. monetary... Well, it's a shame people just don't have integrity anymore. Well, yeah, that... I agree. And, and, and like, but also, you know, they've made so, like, this book has never been out of print, you know, ever, the, since it's come out. Like, mm-hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien's stories of, oh, you know. I believe that the, it's, I don't know if it's tied or it's only second to the Bible. Really? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't surprise me, you know. But I, I'm sort of like, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, so it's not like they've not been selling books, but, like, this stuff, like, Fallen Numenor, which I think sounds interesting, but I know a lot about Tolkien. Like, I read so much of his stuff that I'm kind of like, well, I, I've read what he wrote at the time. So where are you getting all this other information from? That's kind of what I'm... How much of this is just some hired hand coming in and kind of crafting a story well, from Tolkien's you know, notes? Okay, look, I'm sure... I, I, I'll be honest with you, it probably is just some sort of shitty hired hand thing, right? Because let's be honest, the, the perfect thing would have been if they had approached someone who was... Um, uh, established author, well-known author, but someone who um, has, is like a scholar, is like a, a Tolkien yeah. scholar, right? And like yeah. knows it front to back, whatever. And you can kind of see in maybe their own writing, yeah, hints of Tolkien, or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that they've they can they can handle it. That's the sort of person you want writing, you know, uh, if you want to continue or yeah, um, or, or build upon stuff that didn't be built upon. But you know, it's just some like. Oh, yeah, you'll do. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I'm trying to get some clarification what it actually is, and it just feels like, it just seems like it's just a, a big cash grab, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And by the estate. And it seems almost like the kind of thing his son wouldn't have allowed, you know? Um, but now the son's dead, they're just... Well, like, what, right, what, what the expression, when, when, the, when the cat's dead, the mice will dance on, the, on its grave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's depressing, but I think it's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so what's this thing about Final Fantasy 16 won't have any black characters, apparently? Is oh, people are, uh, you know, um, it started with PC Gamer, but now it's making the rounds that they're very upset that a Japanese uh, game company won't, won't make a game with black characters in it. Right. I mean, I don't know what to say. 
but mind you, why couldn't they? You know, like why? I mean, they've been they've been shows with they've been video games with black characters, like many. But uh, but the question is, why do they have to? I guess they don't have to. I mean, I I don't care. But I mean, well, why is it expected that a country like Japan, who let's be honest, is very like xenophobic? You know, there's the, there is there is no such thing as a black Japanese person, right? Yeah, right. Like, uh, or actually, I don't even think there is. I don't even know if there's like by birth or something. Well, I mean, you could be you could be a black guy who, who starts a family over there. You know. Oh, but you you but you're not a citizen. You you'd never be granted citizenship. Really? So. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't um, know anything about. Well, then my point is, I just I don't. You see, this is the weird thing, like. I just it's a weird thing where you you say you're tolerant sure but then you turn around to a country that's full of japanese people right that let's be honest at the end of the day makes games for japanese people first right the rest of the world second yeah and then you're demanding how they make their stuff or what they have to put in oh, their the, stuff. The, the demanding is a bit much. Like, it's like, calm the fuck down. Like, well, you browbeat them and you write yeah. these articles to try and, like, shame them and stuff yeah. and all that or make them feel guilty. And I'm just like, again, go watch any anime. Go watch any Japanese show, live action or whatever. You're not going to see any black people in it. So I don't understand why you expect them to do it. Like yeah. it's not even in the it's not even in their zeitgeist for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear. Well, yeah, I, but are people really that upset about it? Like, well, apparently, as I said, it started PC Gamer, their own article, and then now I've seen like about half a dozen articles about people being like, "It's so ridiculous!" Oh my God, they're so racist! I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> they're so racist! Boycott them! Uh, burn the burn burn the Japanese flag! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically, it's crazy. I did see a funny comment from um, one of my friends online. He said, you, "You know, no, it was actually, um, I think the drunk, the the critical drinker. I don't know if you've ever seen him on YouTube. He's pretty funny, and um, it was all like, you know, oh yeah, he's that Scottish guy, right? Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then it was all like, um, you know, every movie these days has to have every demographic represented, unless you're in the the fantasy land of." Uh, Wakanda, <laughs> it's like all the Japanese people there. <laughs> like, it's just, you know what I mean? That's my like, point is, yeah, no, and, and he's right. And I, and, and I said, it, it doesn't bother me that you ask. What bothers me is your double standards and your hypocrisy. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you can make a movie like completely, and then you argue with me, but it's Africa. Africa's always had black people. And it's like, oh, but you claim that Europe was full of black people. It wasn't. Because there you, was, there was, there, there was. was. The, there was the Moors, but there wasn't a ton of black people in medieval Europe. There wasn't. Yeah, but that's what they, they claim. They're like, I can't attract, you know, oh, this and this. Oh, this. There were definitely would have been tons of black people that you could put in your game. And you're like, I There I would have been you, I, African slaves and stuff and maybe some traders and stuff in Spain and all. There would have been some, but, but I guarantee you in a lot of medieval Europe, there would have been, I would say, almost none, you know? Uh, actually, again, you see, it's... It's not really like I mean, I think more Portugal got into slave than Spain. I mean, the the, the slavery, especially the well, black slavery, that that's very Middle East. That was very very no no, heavily no but in down in down in down in the Moors, down in down in like Portugal, Spain, yeah. like fighting them, they were, they were black, you know, they were. Yeah, look, as I said, like if you, if but, you but that's in one that area of Europe. Yeah, but, then, you know. And Morocco and 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 stuff, and but again, sure. that's very close to Africa. But my point is Europe. 
Sure. Europe, you know, your Paris, your, whether it be your German, Scandinavian, yeah, your, yeah. that sort of Europe, there are no black people there. Like, I, they're far removed from yeah, that sort of. Yeah, I mean, it would be, I agree. I, I would do, yeah, they would be massively. I'm not saying there's none. I'm saying you would, you could probably go like most of your life before you saw something like a black person or sure. a non white well, like person. I'm not saying that would never happen. Like, but... the Vikings were massive slave traders, you know, um, which is often forgotten. And I. I mean, they went pretty far afield. Uh, perhaps they would have seen and, you know, captured some. Yeah, but that's the thing. They were slave traders, but they never really took slaves back home. I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. I have no idea. But they did a lot of... They did a lot of... Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I think it's a fantasy. I, I also... Part of my thing is this whole outrage culture. You know, it, like, it's, it's so silly. Like, really, it is silly. You know, I, I, if I was creating the game... I, you know, I would have no problem in putting in some different races at all. I couldn't care less. But it's this whole thing of whoever makes fan- Final Fantasy. I don't even know. Is it Square Enix? Square Enix. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. But like, just jump up and down and try to make out that like they're the they're the root of all evil in the world. And oh my god, we can never play Final Fantasy again. It's like, it's just ridiculous. You know, it really is. It's stupid. Um, at the end of the day. It's a fucking video game, and they can change the skin tones. And does that make the world all better if they do? You know, if they adjust the fucking thing on the skin, and suddenly it's black, and you're like, "Oh my god, the world's saved now." We can all, you know. But as a, but 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 here's the thing, Dave, and this is what, and, and I'll always use this as an example. Okay, anime and manga yeah. is massive in the uh, in the American black community. Sure. Okay, it's massive. These people, they love Dragon Ball, they love Naruto, they love Bleach. Sure. These guys are massive, and I mean massive anime yeah, they're, fans. They're hardcore, right? yeah, yeah. But guess what? They don't need a black character in anime to love it. Do you know what I mean? They don't. They don't love anime because there's black characters, and they love it just because it's it's awesome. It resonates with them. It's got cool action, sure. got cool characters. They don't give a sh- like. You shouldn't give a shit. Like if it's from another country or whatever, whatever it is. If you like it, then just enjoy it. You yeah. don't. You yeah. don't have. It's like not everything has to be multi this or whatever. Just yeah. if you like a character, then you like a character. If you like a genre or whatever then you like it you don't well if i don't understand why other people if i'm watching samurai movies i'm not like man you know what this fucking needs a fucking black guy you know know, when i was when i was watching jackie chan movies i never once go jesus christ there's hong kong police like you know really needs a a, a, a American detective yeah yeah main character it's like no i don't need that i'm happy with jackie chan as the main character that's exactly right, and, and, and believe you me, I'm certainly not against black casting. So, I, I, but I, I think for me, some of it is the it's a stomping of the feet. I remember when years ago, years ago, uh, probably the, the the Assassin's Creed game before Origins, there there was people jumping up and fucking down because the lead character could only be male. And all of a sudden, people were like demanding Ubisoft like be burnt to the ground because they hadn't created like a woman, you know, female assassin or something. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like, can we just play the fucking game?" And in the next version, um, they brought in. I, I, I want to say they maybe it was Origins you couldn't, and then it, then in Odyssey you, you definitely could play as a woman. But whatever it was, this 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 
this kind of complaining fucking segment, and they they build it up too much. Like they they were literally like abusing the Ubisoft employees at the at the Comic Con. You know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous. Like you these these staff people who are just I'm sure lowly paid people, you know, PR people were copying savage abuse from so called fans because all of a sudden what the world needs more than anything was female assassins and Assassin's Creed, and the fact they hadn't had them in that game was just, like, tantamount to, like, you know, like, war crimes. You know what I mean? Like, it was ridiculous. Like, and believe you me, like, the female assassin in um, Odyssey, fantastic. Good. But it was the stomping of the feet and the and the name-calling and, and all that stuff, which is the same thing that we're talking about here. It's too much. It's too... It's 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 silly, basically. It's childish to me. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, we were talking with my Baron. Also, yeah, go ahead. Also, at the end of the day, it's not your money on the line, right? You're not making anything. You're not investing any money in sure. it. I don't think you get to dictate what Well, it's the power of the wall. It's the power of the wall. Like, if you really feel that strongly, don't buy the game, you know? Like, it's the power of the consumer, I guess. If, if the, if the, they're trying to create bad publicity because they're thinking people are going to be that turned off. But most, the vast majority of Assassin's Creed gamers, that's not even going to be a factor. You know, there's a, a, a tiny segment that will like, oh, finally, a female assassin. Thank Jesus, now I can play again. But the majority are just going to go out and purchase a new Assassin's Creed. And they just don't give a fuck. They, they care about the game. They care about, like, the world and the battling and blah, blah, blah. They care about all that. Like, don't get me wrong. They're not just, like, lapping everything up. But this stuff was just ridiculous. It was, it was just... It was silly, and like they were abusing the PR people who were manning the the booth at Comic Con. It's like, do you really think these people are like programming the game? And you, you know that they're, they're the PR marketing fucking department they're putting out there. You know what I mean? Like a few girls and stuff who were just working the booth, and people Everyone must be punished. Yeah, they were screaming and shouting at these people. Like you would seriously think these people had, had killed like seven children on the way to the fucking Comic Con. It was ridiculous. Um. Anyway, it is what it is. I, I just I just sometimes think the world's gone crazy. Um, now, oh, God, Tony Gilroy, the Andor creator, has revealed not only that Season 2 of Andor will begin filming on November 21, will be also heading back to Yavin. I just can't believe how boring this show is. I, I've stopped watching. I, I, it has succeeded. You know I normally, Michelle and I will normally watch the Marvel stuff, which we don't always love it, but we it's a, it's a couple things. Same with Star Wars. This show has killed me. I just couldn't make it past three episodes. I just, I honestly, I think it's some of the most boring TV I've ever watched in my life. It's fascinating because I've heard some people, not people that I respect or anything, say, oh my God, this is the <sighs> this is the best Star Wars like ever. Jesus. And I'm just like, wow. Have they seen New Hope? And <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I don't know if they're talking about just like the modern Disney stuff or... Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I am. I assume they can't be talking like in entirety. Mm. But I'm just like, my, what a low bar they've cleared. Wow. Yeah. Like, well, I just found it really boring. Really boring. Like super dull. Um. Anyway, uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two has made over one billion dollars in its first ten days, beating the previous record set by the series by Black Ops Two in 2012, which crossed that mark <laughs> in 15 days. That's impressive. A billion dollars, man. There's a lot of heat on this new Call of Duty. Yeah, well, um, I think people are getting back into the modern warfare stuff because, mm. again, 
I thought I, th- I think it's clever that they took a break from it. Yeah. You know, and now you know you you make people sort of crave it again, and then you give it back to them. But I don't know. Like I think I'm I think I might be too old for for Call of Duty now. <laughs> I don't. I just don't. Not that I care. I just said I don't have. I don't think I have the tolerance anymore to be um, um, smack talked by like ten year olds and twelve year olds anymore. I just don't think I have. The, I don't think I have the patience for that anymore. <laughs> well, I've always been hopeless at it, so you know I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that it's for me at all. I, I really don't. I, I just think I'm just. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gone. You know what I mean? I. I like Black Ops. But uh, but I but I I'm hopeless at like the at the normal modern warfare. I was never good at it. So I think you like Black Ops because that's the one that's uh, Vietnam, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, uh, how about this? God of War Ragnarok. Now, Rich, have you have you ever played God of War? Because I want to get this Ragnarok. Uh, I played the first two original ones way back in the day on the PlayStation Two, but. Um... Again, never got into it because I find uh, Kratos to be a very dull. You said character. this. What is? Can you? Because I've never played any of it. Can you just? Is it kind of like Assassin's Creed, or is it like what's the style of game? Because I've never played it. I want to get this game. I'm just trying to. What, what um, genre? What genre is it? You know. It's third person action. Okay. Well, that's good. Um. And is it like an Assassin's Creed thing where you're rolling around doing your own thing, or is it more sort of like linear and stuff? It's it's a bit more linear, it's a bit more scripted. Right. Um, it's very much, very much more story driven, uh-huh. especially the new ones, the reboots. The, yeah. The last two that's just come out. Um, okay. Do you think it's something I would it's, like? It's definitely. It's a bit more on rails. Right. Okay. All right. Do you see it as something kind of like kind of like Uncharted, but without shooting? Right. Okay. Okay. Like you know, you get there. There's maybe like a set piece or something, and yeah. there's some action and stuff. But but you 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 know you, you're safely on the on the cart, and it's taking you. You know. Yeah. There's no exploring. There's no like open world map where you're just riding all over the place. Uh, that's going wherever you want to go or anything like that. That's disappointing. No, I don't mind games like that as long as it's got a good story and good characters. But yeah. I, just, I just I don't I don't find Kratos to be a compelling character i might be in the minority i understand that i'm not saying you know i'm the be all and end all but i'm just saying for me i found him to be a very just character i just don't give a shit about yeah yeah okay all right well interesting um yeah well that that sort of makes me think twice about it though because i'm sort of like i, I was hoping it was going to be kind of more oh, on, Dave. broaden broaden your horizons <laughs> You can't you can't just keep playing Assassin's Creed games, mate. Come on. No, I play other games as well. Excuse me. I I, I used to like what Skyrim. How about Skyrim? Same kind of game. No. Name name me something that's not like um, Assassin's Creed. Oh, well, uh, that's just another open world game, Dave, where you roll around doing whatever the one G- you fucking you want. That, G- yeah, that's the same shit. GTA. G- same shit, Dave. G- well, they're the kind of games I like. <laughs> I don't know. I've played oh, plenty. You've got to expand your horizons, mate. Seriously. Far Cry. Far Cry. Same. It's with guns. It's just with a gun. It's just, just guns. With, yeah, but it's still the same game. It's the same game. <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance One and Two. There you go. Okay, fair enough. That is that is. There you go. Yes. 
Uh, you're not playing any of like the Lego games or anything like I that? Have, like I, the Lego I, model, I have, Lego I, I have, but I hate them. Well, I hate them, but I just find them boring because like it's just you just can't lose. It's just I'm I just am always like oh, it's not about losing. I I play those games because they're the only games that are 100. percent I get every single achievement and trophy and all that. I collect everything in that. Really. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I just, yeah. I, I do play different games, man. Like, I'm playing, um, right, right now, I'm really? playing Ghost of Tsushima. There you go. Same game. It's game. not the same game, man. It's, it's the same. The combat it's styles. Open world. You run around, do whatever you want, go and take down a fortress or a camp, or whatever. <laughs> it's the same fucking game, Dave. You know, you know, you I love... just play 72 different variations of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I love that stuff, though, man. And you and they've even made it like so it's heaps like Assassin's Creed. It's almost such like Assassin's Creed in Japan, and you can just go up and like you can actually assassinate people and stuff as well, which I, I love. You did, I think you did try Doom. Yeah, I don't mind. I like Doom. No, I, I like Doom. Yeah, I like Doom. Um, I do like Doom. Yeah, you, you you definitely have your sort of lane, and you tend to really stick to it. I do like Doom. Thank you, Richard. Um, I've got Doom Eternal and Doom, and and I have played quite a lot of them actually. I find them a bit hard, but um. But I do enjoy them. So, you know, your allegations, as usual, are baseless. Yes, you've enjoyed them, but you've never played them for a long time now, and you've never finished either one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, the shortest beeline time for uh, God of War Ragnarok was 26 hours, while the longest near completionist run took about 60 hours. I'm sure I'll take about 600 hours. Um, how about this? Grace. Rudolph, who actually comes up with some interesting... Um... Actually, her name's Randolph, but I call her Rudolph. Rudolph okay. um, Randolph, yeah, she comes up with some interesting uh, scoops, but now she's saying her and her cavil is difficult to work with. This woman definitely has some gall, doesn't she? She likes to throw a fucking weight around. Um... I think she makes up a lot of shit. Yeah, do you? Hold yeah. on. Michelle, could you get me a glass of water? Yeah, I do too, Rich. I think I I think she just generates her own headlines sometimes, basically, and that's it. You know, I just feel like she just sits in a room talking shit and never leaves her apartment. Do you reckon she's making serious coin though? Isn't she? Like she's making, you know, uh, every, a lot of people are making coin on YouTube these days. I want to. I want to make coin. I want to make serious coin on YouTube. Seriously. Well, then, unfortunately, you've either got to be super pro something or super anti something. Super pro, like what? For yeah, something? like you've 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 either got to be like like oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna make videos about how awesome something is, and mm. all the people that love it will flock and and you know <laughs> subscribe, or you've got to be super anti, so all the people who, who hate it. Well, you, you're like that. You, you hate Star Wars. You know, that's your thing. Yeah, but I don't go to any channels to validate my my hate of Star Wars. I just hate Star Wars. Yeah. I don't need anyone telling me why they hate it. I'm just like, okay. I love the fugitive. I love the fugitive. <laughs> there you go. Go make a go make a YouTube channel about the fugitive. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of young young whippersnappers on the old YouTubes. They're going to tune in for that. Dig up the old DVDs. Get the box set, kids, and let's go. Episode by episode, scene by scene, line by line. Wow. You know what? You should be a streamer doing that, maybe. Maybe yeah. like a Twitch streamer, a, 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 the fugitive Twitch streamer. I'd fall. <laughs> Where you just have a watch party and you, you have a watch along and you, 
you stop and you talk about it every yeah. now and again. The know. hilarious thing with me is often watching a Fugitive episode will take me sometimes like two weeks because you know you know me I like to stop and start and stuff I get distracted. You know, I'm I'm doing fall stuff asleep. for the show. Fall asleep, yeah, definitely fall asleep. <laughs> I I fell asleep today. My massage actually, I was getting a massage on my body, and I actually fell asleep at one point and was snoring, and I woke myself up. <laughs> just you an, work yourself up. Just an insight into the lifestyle. Um, there's a Witcher prequel series, Blood Origin, debuting on Netflix on December 25. I'm thinking of getting into watching the Witcher show. I'm going to give it a serious attempt. It's going to be solo. Michelle's totally got no interest. I'm going to see if it's if it's worth it. I'm going to be that brave person who stands up to be counted rich. Fuck yourself out there. Yeah, it's me. And maybe I'll do a fucking YouTube about it if people are going to flock. Listeners, firstly, you should be you should be joining the Patreon. Uh, please, uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom for as little as $1 per month you can support the show. For as little as the fucking a cup of coffee. Come on. And, um, you know... Support us. I'm in desperate need. I'm on hard times. <laughs> I'm down to my last five dollars. I need it. No, seriously, kids. Uh, it would be appreciated if you could do it. I know it's a tough economy, um, and we're all fighting to survive, man. You know, everyone's down on their luck, rich, aren't they? You know, some some are riding high, some are riding low. You know, There's, I'm just right. That's life. That's life. Remember that song from Frank Sinatra. Um, yeah, so anyway, support Signal Doom on Patreon. Sydney Sweeney was a little nervous to work with Dakota Johnson on Madam Web. I have to say, I stuck in a Fifty Shades of Grey in high school. My parents didn't let me watch it, and I watched it. So I'm a huge fan of her. She's so hot. Um, she's quite hot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no, down I for... I'm, she's Dakota Johnson, the chick from Fifty Shades of Grey. She's talking about, and this is whoever Sydney Sweeney is. I don't know who that is, but exactly, I'm, I don't know who any of Well, she's going to be one of the little kids running around with um, Madame Webb. You know how they're going to have Spider Gwen and Silk and whoever. They're going to have all the little spider ladies running around. I'm sure this show is going to be Madame Crap. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, I was telling someone the other day. That in Venom movies and Morbius and all this other shit, you could have Spider-Gwen in place of Spider-Man. And they agreed with me. And you were putting scorn on that on, on the show. And they said I to me, th- th- they will. said, that's a really good idea, Dave. And I was like, thank great, you. You know? Great. You, you got people to step into your echo chamber, Dave. I was very happy. <laughs> well, I was happy. And I said, I'm going to tell Richard that, that a live person in real life, not not... Not a listener, not a devoted fan, not a Patreon supporter, although they should be. Um, said that to me. <laughs> said that to me in 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 random conversation in real no, life. Can I just say I just have this funny picture now of you being like, Yeah, yeah, thank you. I am right. And then you walk away <laughs> and then they go, Who the fuck is Spider Gwen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they just said it to get me away. Um to just to make me happy. But anyway, um, I don't know. We're, we're, we, look, I'm looking forward to Madame Web. Um, I just feel, Richard, you're going to let the side down and I'm going to have to do a solo review because you just don't have the commitment. Um, you're just not into all the Spider-Verse people. You just I'm, like Spider-Man. Here's the problem, Dave. My commitment mm. is to my sanity. <laughs> like, sanity first. That's that's my number one priority and commitment. That's never been my commitment, ever. Fuck that. Oh, well. Probably why you believe in aliens. And sanity for me. <laughs> wow. What is? What even is sanity, man? You know exactly. what I'm saying. What is it? Eh? What is 
Who knows, man? I mean, some people would say that me thinking, not thinking, knowing the aliens crash landed in 48. You know what I mean? We know what happened, man. And, um, you know, people are like, well, that's insane. No, it's totally fucking sane. What's insane is you believe the government propaganda piped in ever since 48. You know what I'm saying? Where aliens are... I mean, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, what I love is that you believe how competent the government is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but anyway... The but, reason I don't believe, the reason why I'm not, as you say, swallowing the government is because I don't <laughs> think the government could do it. I don't think the government could even tie their fucking shoelaces if you asked them to. Hey, good point, Rich. I like him. And you, you're firing on all cylinders tonight, man. I'm throwing out some pretty crazy stuff. You know, I'm just so happy about this Cleopatra tomb thing. I was thinking about it the other night and I was actually visualising, like, being in the tomb and, like, the aliens there and everything. Mate, and, like, I, you know. I quite like your idea for just a, a fictional movie. Cool. Where, like, they, yeah, well, you know, the tombs and then you find her still alive in there or something yeah. like that and she turns out to be some sort of, like, succubus type thing. Where, yeah. Like, that's cool. I don't have a problem with that from an entertainment value. Good. It's just from a oh, my God, that's reality thing that I have an issue with. Well, I don't even care about that. Like, I mean, I, I'm down for the entertainment value as well. Like, so whatever. Like, nothing would please me more than live footage of that guy entering the tomb and then he gets massively attacked by zombies. I'd, I'd be loving it if we got footage. I, I'm not going to be sitting here crying. I'll be like, this is some of the best shit I've ever seen. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gears of War movie has been announced on Netflix alongside an adult adult animated series were you a gears of war guy rich yeah yeah i actually yeah, saw I funny you, you mentioned this i saw dave batista he tweeted out something because he's trying to he's trying to he's get, trying to get art as as marcus phoenix he'd be perfect for character. it wouldn't he wouldn't isn't he like perfect for it all right you know same right build um i don't know but, um, if you're talking about build wise yeah because mm. i mean all the all the people from gears of war look like they're on steroids so, yeah I mean, they're really jacked up look. yeah do I think that he has the presence and the and the chops to pull off Marcus Phoenix? Uh, probably not. What's the best Gears of War game, in your opinion? What was the one you had the most fun with? Uh, Four. The second, no, the second one was probably the best one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm down for a fucking um, series. But I really enjoyed the first one as well. I mean, you know, again, I mean, that's the you know that's the first one. Yeah. What about three, you know, four, five? Like, I remember four was huge. Um, four was massive. Uh, three, no, no, three was still good. Mm. Um, um, four was not. No, the the new stuff has not been great. Okay, it went downhill. Right? Are you down yeah, for this animated stuff, series and stuff? If we did on the signal episode by episode, would you make it a signal? Mate, show? if they doing an animated thing and they get um, what? uh, what's his name, D- DiMaggio to do the voice because he does the voice of Joe DiMaggio, Jolt and Joe, yeah, they, really. Yeah, if they if they get him to do the voice like he did for the games, then I'm down for it. You don't realize Marilyn um, Monroe's ex-husband, John DiMaggio, the ball player, is he still alive? <laughs> no, is his name? No, isn't his name John DiMaggio? I have no idea, man. But the, but I agree. The guy I, that does the voice of Bender and all that. Okay, what they need to do for the animated for animated, they need to get the voice cast from the fucking video game. That's what I think they. Need oh to yeah, do. of course. Yeah. If they do that, then yes, I'm definitely down for it. If they go, oh no, we're gonna get. You know, Dave Batista to do the voice of... My, I'm like, nah, not really. Yeah, they need to get the original voice of the of the video game because that was the iconic, you know. They need to match it up. Like, Jesus, like, it shouldn't be that hard. Um, can, I, can I just say something? I don't know why, mm. but I just... 
I, I know this will never happen, right? But whenever they say they're going to do like a movie on something, I kind of wish they would just go completely CG because then you can get the yeah. voice actors from the games to do it. Yeah, like if you if you spend the money, right? And I mean like spend the money to do like high quality CG yeah. of the Gears of War where it was almost like not photorealistic, but like to the point where like, Jesus Christ, this would, this would be like the best looking game I ever saw yeah. in my entire life. And then you can get the voice actors from the game and you could do it. I think I would enjoy that so much more than a live action version of it. Yeah, I agree. Well, the thing with, I mean, I'm no Gears of War expert, but I have seen a fair bit of it. I thought it looked pretty cool, actually. Um, they're, they're really big. Like, they're bigger than, I mean, you could get, like, you could go to gyms and find, you know, guys who look like that. I mean, it's possible, but that are actors. Uh, the proper actors of that build, like their bodybuilder shapes, they're huge. They actually do look a lot like Dave Bautista, some of them, you know, like his build. Well, you know? well I was going to say, you don't necessarily have to go um, for gym people. You could probably try and find um, footballers, American footballers who can yeah. act because yeah, yeah, that's good. Point. The guy that actually played um, uh, Coltrane, mm-hmm. who was the big black guy, um, he was actually a American football okay. player. Cool. So, All right. you know, you, you I mean, you could go that route, but I mean, um, but that's why I said, like, I think CG, because those guys are so, so big, yeah. so massive, all jacked up on steroids. I just kind of feel like CG could do it more justice than I agree. You try to get no, I agree. I, I prefer in, CG in clunky suits and stuff and all that. Well, Halo was such a disappointment. Like, I tried to watch that show and I really struggled. I, I, you know, I don't know if I was the problem, but man, I struggled with that show. I tried. You know, well, you're limited. Whenever you do something live action, you're always limited, especially when you're doing something that is, especially based on a video game. Because, good God, you're making a video game, and you you can create anything. Mm. You can make the armor look the way you want. It can move the way you want because it's not restricted by a real person in a suit. You can the alien world that you want to make. You can make it exactly how you want. You don't have to even base it on like a fucking desert in Earth, or you know, or like a a forest somewhere on, on earth because it's fat, you know, it's a game. It, you can create whatever you want. Then when you try and replicate that in, unless you've got a lot of money, oh. uh, you, it's very hard to replicate that in a TV show. Yeah. Is Gears of War, it's like sci-fi. You're fighting monsters and stuff. Is that what it's like? Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's sci-fi. It's dystopian sort of um, cool. the world. It's a different world. It's not earth. Yeah. It's a different planet. It got basically overrun by what it's called Emergence Day. That's where the locusts come out. And they have these like subterranean mole men also jacked up on steroids looking things. And they've basically like um, decimated most of the world. You know, everyone's kind of retreating. Cities have been destroyed and, you know, all that sort of stuff and all that humanity is kind of living like um, homeless people, maybe some lost military bunkers and all that sort of shit. By the time you get to the third game, they literally like on ships and stuff because like most of the land's been taken over by and destroyed by the locusts and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool. a really cool game. I mean, cool. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the three well, games. Well, hopefully, hopefully, um, the TV series is good, and I hopefully as well the Assassin's Creed series also on Netflix gets placed soon and gets moving and produced. Now, our final news item is the Doom Eternal composer claims the soundtrack was a nightmare. Mick Gordon says he never approved the release of the original soundtrack. Um, he he did he worked for long years without play. He was offered six figures to not talk about it. Um, lots of allegations going back and forth. He had like a massive fourteen thousand word medium post uh, accusing ID Software of various um, things, 
Um, yeah, at 11 months straight without pay, all sorts of crunch time, 18 to 20 hour days to meet his deadline. Just nuts. And, you know, he claimed the executive producer was a recurringly abusive presence. Apparently quite a well-respected guy who just, yeah, there was just a real struggle over the soundtrack element that of that of that game, which is amazing. Um, who knows where the truth is, Rich? They often say the truth lies somewhere in between, you know? Yeah, but this is also the guy who basically got outed. We, we covered this months and months ago. Who got outed for not even doing his fucking job properly. Wow. Who, who, who never met his deadlines? Who the they had to they had to get an in-house composer to try and finish most of the music that he had un you know that he had done only half a job of or right. sent them poor quality and all that sort of stuff and all that. So so there's two sides to every story, is what you're saying. I mean, yeah, there's receipts on both sides of of you know whatever. But again, I don't think you get to now come out where you you see. He's hoping now he's coming out now because he's hoping that people have got like short-term memory. I do. Um, and so they've, yeah, exactly. They've forgotten. Be like, oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> Fucking, they sound like crackheads. These ID guys, and you're like, hang on. And then there's me, who's like, hang on a second. You got busted not doing your job months ago, and people were complaining about the soundtrack to the game because it was such poor quality and shit. And then you turned around and said, oh, that wasn't me. He's and then claiming, they were like, of course it wasn't you. We paid you to do it, and you didn't fucking do it. Yeah. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Well, I mean. Uh, truth be told, it's not going to stop me buying it. I'll be buying the next Doom game. Assuming I finish Doom Eternal, which, by the way, I'm, I've made quite a dent on. Um, I'll buy the new Doom game. Why not? There's one dent? Yeah, I'll, I'll buy the new Doom game. It's not going to stop me that some look, fucking guy's having a I'm cry. sure there is. Look, look, you just have to go find some fucking guy who knows heavy metal who can, and, and I think you can do a fucking Doom soundtrack. I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> Right, but these actually, you know what? You know, people carry on about um, Mick Gordon, all that. You know, oh my god, he's so awesome! It's like there were actually a lot of diehard Doom fans that didn't actually like his soundtrack, right? Because it had a bit more like techno, right? Um, synth stuff in it, and it wasn't pure heavy metal like the originals were, right? So, again, just go get a heavy metal guy that can fucking crank out some tunes, and you'll still be fine. Yeah, life will go on. You know, he's not bigger than Doom, this guy. I've never even heard of him, you know, until he's come up in the news now, like, with his 14,000-word post. I won't be reading that, that's for sure. Wow. Can you imagine just slogging through that? Like, it's like no, no thanks. I'm just doing that, too. <laughs> like, fuck. I would do that if I was paid. Like, they said, 2K, you you got to read this shit. I'd be like, fine, cash. Cash. I'll, I'll read it, but I won't enjoy it. It's too long, man. 14,000 words, not needed. You know, it's it's, yeah, it's just it's, it's diatribe. <laughs> exactly, it is diatribe. The only forty thousand words would be my own diatribe. I'd read. You know, if I wrote it, I'd read it. Like, you know, I'd love it. I'd love it. I, I could That's do fair. I could do fourteen thousand words on a few topics. You know, fall of the Roman Empire, aliens, that kind of stuff. I I'd crank it out. Doctor Who, I could crank it out. But but by the thirteen thousand, I'd be like, man, geez, like started. You you definitely have to do a bit of padding. You know, like. Stephen King style when he pads his books. There's certain elements of Stephen King storytelling where you're like, man, you really start to pad here, Steve, for the for the page count. Um, now we've got chopping with the gang. There's actually some good chopping with the gang stuff that's come out this week. Wonder Woman Earth One, the complete collection. I'm probably guessing you won't be enjoying this, Rich, but it's the collection of the Grant Morrison uh, Wonder Woman Earth One stuff, which I like, didn't love. Um, fine. It's definitely, definitely far from being his best work. Agreed. Yeah. 
finally, Young Justice Book 6, the last volume in the Peter David Young Justice. I've got all five volumes on my shelf. I'm looking at them right now. Fucking two and a half, three years after the book five, book six has come out. Jesus, like, DC were in no rush. You know what I mean? Like, Peter David's getting no younger. The poor guy needs to pay his taxes and uh, renovate his bathroom again, and you know, he can't do a GoFundMe again. We all saw that what happened last time, you know. Uh, finally, book six is coming out. I will, I will be getting it. Uh, the Ultimates by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch, Omnibus, is also out next week, so that's a big buy. Any of this stuff interest you, Rich? Young Justice? Um, I think I've got most of the Young Justice stuff, so that's... Sure. Yeah. Did yeah, you buy Did you buy Young Justice in in singles in floppies back in the day? Yes. Yeah, I I, I actually bought quite a chunk of it too. I came on about halfway through the run, uh, but I've read from the beginning now, and I love it. I think it, I actually think it's an underrated series. I really do. I think it's one of those series that I, I think it was a really decent series that came out at the time. That period of DC, I was really in love with that era. You know, that, that era that went from about 1998 to about 2008, I loved DC in that era, man. You know? it was There was a lot of good titles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I said DC from basically the 80s all the way to yeah um, New 52. And then, like, I mean, before New 52. And then, pfft. yeah. It, it then definitely... I haven't enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed it less and less each, each year after that. I know. Um... We've got weekly comics. Uh, we started off, Rich, with uh, Fantastic Four 1, which was pretty much just like Groundhog Day in Fantastic Four. I, I give it a 6.5 out of 10. I, I sometimes wish that with this Groundhog Day stuff, they would do a bit more with it. This was really just like Groundhog Day, Fantastic Four, Ben Grimm and Alicia. It wasn't bad. I like, I, I gave it 6.5, oh, yeah. you know? I, I enjoyed the story until it got to the end, and then I realized that Marvel keeps doing this thing now where they re relaunch a book with a number one. Yeah. And then you find out that there's a time jump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that they, they did that with Spider Man now Spider-Man. recently? Yeah. They've done it with this. And I just go, I, that's really annoying to me because I I kind of feel like it fucks up the, the continuity of your shared universe. Totally. Totally. Like that where it feels like, is everything happening in a different point in time? And I hate that. Like, Oh, look, Earthman Sword. Look, tune in later to find out what happened. No, why didn't you fucking build up to that? Yeah. Why didn't you have a story that built up to that event and then you continue your story after that event? Like, you know, build some interest in it. Now, I don't really give a shit. When you get to the last page and I'm like, oh, they destroyed New York, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck because. Was that. I've that got a question. Happening. I've got a question. So that hadn't happened in the last Fantastic Four. That was just. So that was literally like what they did in Spider-Man, where something has happened in between the series. Is that right? Correct. And they're like, oh, we're going to be flashing back. To oh, what that sucks. The- right. Yeah, that's just a yeah. lazy technique, especially when you start overusing it. That's exactly what they did on Spider-Man as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, it's, oh. it seems to be a trope that they're doing now. Right. See, I thought that, that they were... That I, I gave them more credit. I thought it was like... That was how the last Fantastic Four run ended, and I was it annoyed me because I was like, "Well, why didn't you just continue the run?" But now you, I see what you're saying. They actually just they time jump it with the one, and that yeah, that's fucked. But you know, and then it's like solve the mystery of what happened. I actually hate that. Yeah, okay, I didn't realize that. Well, regardless, I guess they go for the, I guess they go for the mystery box approach. 
Yeah. The good the good old JJ Abrams mystery box the, approach. The JJ Abrams uh tried and tested, often fails, <laughs> but no one seems <laughs> to care. Like JJ's proof that like, you know, fuck it. Like quality is not the problem. You know, quality doesn't matter about quality anymore. It doesn't matter about storytelling really. Um you can put out crap, enough people go and see it, they'll keep hiring you. It doesn't really matter. You know, you can you can make one of the worst Star Wars movies in history. And um, your career seems to sail on unaffected. You know, it's it's bizarre to me. A lot of lot of failing upwards these days. Yep. Then we had Sabretooth and the Exiles. Um, one, look, I must admit, I do, I I struggle with all these mutants, but I did actually like this issue. I thought it was actually a pretty solid issue. Uh, you know, and I'm certainly no lover of the Krakoa X Men and all this shit and having to read all these text pieces all the time like the leftovers from Hickman. You know, I'm not a huge fan of all that stuff. But as an issue, I, I thought this was pretty decent. Um, I was interested to get your opinion, Rich. Um, no. Um, didn't like it? Didn't like, didn't like any of the characters. I kind of feel like that's not even Sabretooth that I'm reading. Um, I know that you guess you're trying to still make him not like... Again, it's the whole Black Adam thing where you just decide, okay, now we need to try and soften the character. Yeah, yeah. But I still feel like he should be more of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he always has been, hasn't he? Yeah, but not in this. I don't feel like he's... I just feel like he's Wolverine light in this. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. You know, so I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I don't know who most of the characters are. I didn't care about them in any way. I don't even know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Well, all I know you is know. they escaped because I know Sabretooth got it put in that pit thing and these are the people who are in the pit. So they're the kind of baddies of Krakoa. You know, they've all they've all done bad things in Krakoa and in the little mutant paradise and they've been put in the in the jail, basically, and he escaped. That, that's what I gathered. Um, but, you know, I, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I thought as, a, as, a, as an actual issue it wasn't too bad, just in itself. I guess. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's not offensive in any way. It's not. It's not exactly poorly written or anything. Mm. I do think it's maybe poorly characterized mm-hmm. um, with characters and all that. I, I don't think the person maybe. I don't know. Maybe they don't really know who Sabretooth is, sure. or didn't do any research, or were told no, you've got to soften him. I don't know, but I just I didn't feel like I was reading Sabretooth. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I just didn't feel like that. I was like, this doesn't feel like Sabretooth. Like. I feel like he should be more prickly. I feel like he almost shouldn't give a shit about those people. Like he's kind of more being forced to have to deal with them. But instead, by the end of the issue, he's going like, hey, who needs a ride? Hop yeah, on board, gang. Yeah, I, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was like, it was like cute and cuddly Sabretooth all of a sudden, you know? Wowee. Um, he's definitely taken the edges off from where he was in the mid-80s, if you recall, late 80s. Like he's, he's been he's been neutered. He has been neutered on Sabretooth, yeah. Yes. The old Sabretooth would fucking spit on him. You know what I mean? Like the old badass he'd Sabretooth. Gut him. No, he wouldn't spit on him. He'd gut him. Gut him, exactly. Um, I always liked it when Sabretooth and Wolverine fought on their birthday or whatever it was. You remember they had a day where they always fought? I thought, I always thought that was fun. Um, yeah, it was some anniversary, didn't it? I, maybe it was his birthday. I, I, it was some anniversary. It but was yeah. some anniversary of something, but it was kind of cool. Um, then we had Spider-Man The Lost Hunt. Uh, JM set this one up so nicely, and having read uh, with on on the Ultimate Spider cast, uh, having read so much of the um, you know Ben Riley stuff and that era with Peter and Mary Jane B- 
being pregnant and Peter not having his powers. I, I fucking loved this issue, man. Like, I really felt this was almost like a perfect sort of entry point to that period where you get to see Mary Jane and um, Peter in Portland. She's pregnant. Uh, you know, this this sort of like, I don't know, what was he, like an understudy to um, Craven? And, yeah, I, I dug it. What did you think, man? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Great. I mean, it was so nice to read something that is well-written. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, exactly. So, it's so funny when you read the Fantastic Four, you read the Sabretooth, and then you read the... Like, that's why I left the Spider-Man to last. Uh, one for last. And I was just like, man, you can just see the difference in the caliber, the quality of dialogue, of writing, of storytelling, because... Yeah. The others just, while they're not like terrible, um, they just don't they don't quite rivet you as much. No. Like, yeah, you know, as as like reading something from JM. Like when JM writes something, you just you you feel some sort of connection. You feel yeah. engrossed. Totally um, agree. Totally agree. And I again, mean, it's only really a one issue. Uh, well, look, I'd probably say I probably did enjoy overall the Fantastic Four more than the Sabretooth one. Yeah. Just because it was a groundhog, it was an interesting story, except for when it got to the end. So that wasn't terrible, but this is still like uh, head and shoulders above that. And and that, neither of the books we've read are terrible, but mm. this is still better. Like it's it's like a, it's basically an eight out of ten if you want to talk about writing, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I thought this was incredible. I'm giving it eight. I I really I love it when I read an issue like that, and I'm so gripped to what I want the next one. And and that is, I think, as you get older you know, and you're reading some of the more current stuff, that's, that can be a hard emotion to find, I think, because we're probably but you know what, jaded. But this is what I feel so sad, though, is that we could be getting stuff like this now mm. in current continuity yeah, with the characters that we still love because you could get the better writers. They're not past their prime. They're no. not dead. No. Do you know what I mean? I know you... And you know what? Let the younger ones cut their teeth on... The other characters or yeah. miniseries or stuff and then when they've when they've gone through the fire you know walked over the coals mm. then they can take over from you know give them a go on like your spider-man and stuff and all that or or you know yeah. fantastic four and i'm not saying like they're not they they like they just took them off the street but i just feel like like your JMs and all that, they can still do such great writing now. Like if JM was writing Spider Man right now, I would be, probably be so awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. You if he was doing I mean? the current the current Spider Man. Yeah, if he was doing the current Spider Man, Meg, he'd probably have such great stories and oh, and sure take him in interesting directions. And I just think it's why do we not get to have that? Yeah, why well, does the best the best writer who yeah, could probably know. tell better stories? Why do they not get the bloody book and get the give them the the lesser writers give them other things to write, lower things, things you want to try out, things you want to, you know, uh, as a backup stories. That's what I miss. I feel like every comic should have a backup story in it. Mm, like um, that is something for younger writers and artists to cut their teeth on, where it's maybe only like four pages or something, but they can work on it. They can apply themselves and then mm. you know maybe they get a mini here if they're like oh you know what we're going to do a miss marvel mini or whatever and we're going to give you a go on it like i don't know i just feel like there's no um like like with sport mm. you would have the main team but then you would have the the, the substitute team, team yeah. you know or the, the 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 bench warmers but those guys would still play yeah 
other games or lowered game. You know what I mean? Like they would still get a chance to play, just not in the big leagues, not necessarily sure. consistently in the big. I just, I don't know. I just, it makes me sad when I read something like this and, and realize, my God, he could be writing right now. Well, the thing is, is there's only so many JMs. You know, like he's a guy who's managed to keep his name current but and not just employed. Me, we're talking about Chuck Dixon's. We're talking, oh, we're talking, yeah. you know what I mean? If, if we went through the list oh, of, of, of the, the fact that know, Chuck uh, is not uh, writing, um, the fact Chuck is not writing in DC or Marvel is, is, is an absolute crime, you know, and it's, it's all yeah, to do with personality. Still guys like Nolan and, and all that, you know, that, that could be doing stuff now. 100%. That, 100%. Or not. Well, it's also ageism as well. You know, there's, there's ageism. There's this bullshit political crap. You know, where it's like you've got to believe the, the sky is, you know, purple or whatever is the flavour of the week. But, um, yeah, there is there is ageism in comics as well. I think that's a factor. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. So in the Fantastic Four, right? Yeah. Ben and Alicia are a couple. Uh-huh. But I never felt like they were a realistic couple. Right. You know what I mean? It's like they, 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 they were just so self-aware of each other's feelings and Fake you know piece. what I mean and and stuff and all that but when you read like the Spider-Man one the lost hunt yeah like I feel like MJ and him are a real couple yeah, they're yeah. fighting it's a real marriage they, it's a real marriage you know, they're kind of like storming off and then she's like oh I shouldn't have done that that's not going to help the situation blah 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 like I just feel like the person who read the Fantastic Four doesn't quite know how real couples work sure uh, and yet, you know, JM, when he writes that, I'm like, okay, this is a guy who understands what ha- what couples are really like. Even couples who love each other, mm. what they are like and yeah. how they would really it's talk a very each other. Realistic. How they would... Well, the, the Fantastic yeah. Four one is just a cookie-cutter, kind of lovey-dovey, you know, scenario kind of thing. Like, Alicia, well, they have been a couple for a million years, Alicia and, and Ben Green. Well, so is, so, so is Peter Parker and MJ. So. True, true, actually. Yeah, I, I guess JM gives it that more realistic touch with the relationship, whereas the writer in Fantastic Four just gives you the very generic they're just a, you, you know what I mean? They're, they're happy in this issue, Rich. There's no problems between them. The problem is in the town, you know? She's the supportive girlfriend. He's not a monster. She reminds him of that, blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blanks, you know? It's not. Yeah, like she never. She's always just like, "Oh, you poor baby." Oh, oh, yeah, she oh it's so terrible. And it's like, yeah. yeah, and it's like, no, there, there were moments where she'd be like, "Don't carry on like that. You've overreacted. Calm yourself. Yeah, know, but calm down." But like, like, I don't mean to sound sexist, but Alicia Masters in that book is massively in the shadow of Ben Grimm in the relationship. Like, he's the driver of the bus, and she's just kind of the moral support. Yeah, know? but my point is, Ben hasn't a temper, and I just don't feel like she would. Uh, uh, any girlfriend of the thing, I don't think would be completely understanding every time he fucking loses his cool. <laughs> At some point, they're going to be like, listen. I agree, yeah. Just calm the fuck, Re- calm the fuck down. Realistic. You're, you're overreacting again. Well, JM is known for his sort of comic books kind of complex characterizations. You know, like he he pushes the boundary, you know, in terms of the characterization. It's one of his – he's got a lot of strengths as a writer, but I think that's one of his biggest strengths. He does believable relationships. He gives you – characters that you feel for you know what i mean he you buy into more than just the sort of walking plot device um whereas in the fantastic four it's just a plot device you know they're just in the middle of the ground day groundhog day plot basically that's it you know it's not complicated mm. it's not particularly extraordinary it's it's competent but jm gives you a little bit more bang yeah, for that's, the buck, that's the know? difference of something that is competent and something that is just 100 good 100 percent. well i gave it eight what did you give it 
Okay. Finally, we come to my trade of the week. It was my suggestion, Justice League Task Force. Originally, I thought this was going to feature Hawkman, which is why I selected it. Sadly, there is no Hawkman um, at all. Um, luckily, I was reading the John Ostrander Hawk world at the same time. No, so. I, I knew that, but I didn't want to tell you when you mentioned it last week because I thought you might change your mind. I probably would have. But but regardless, I'm glad I picked it. So it's, you know, I'll give it the pitch because it's pretty clear. Uh, Martian Manhunter is kind of the leader of this team. It's a team put together by this bureaucrat guy who's been tasked with putting towards Just League Task Force. And he oh, okay. basically picks uh, special teams. I'll give you a bit more context. So basically this is still around the same time as Justice League uh, America and Europe. Okay. And yep. so basically this is where the Justice League are still kind of like UN or government um, uh, Patsy, funded yeah. or, or sort of um, assisted. Right. You know, yeah. they have embassies and all that sort of stuff around the world. So, yeah, they're a little bit more like UN backed. Okay. And that's why th this guy, uh, I think he's part of the UN because he's trying to get a friend. He's trying to become the next French ambassador or yes, something. Yes, he is. He's tasked with, with getting a bunch of hero, uh, heroes together to do a mission. Okay. And he somehow gets Martian Manhunter, who's kind of your central character. And then it's actually a cool idea. They basically pick special teams for, for the mission. So other than Martian Manhunter, it's kind of a revolving squad. Gypsies, I think, in it all the time. But a lot of the other team members come and go. I thought it was all going to be Michelini, which is the main reason I picked it, because I do like David Michelini. I thought it would be interesting to see him on uh, Just League. But he leaves shortly, and it's a rotating... I mean, at one point, it's the Nightfall, the Night Quest, um, uh, you know, tie-in issues with Chuck and then Denny O'Neill... Uh, Peter David does a pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh, the all female one. The all female one, and then female. it turns out it's like a hermaphrodite, um, and blah blah blah. Like, and then there's a guy at the end. I think Michael is Jan Freeman or something like that, and um, he has one about the neo Nazis uh, and going to bust up the neo Nazi camp, which was actually was a pretty decent story, honestly. And Sal Valudo is the artist on the whole thing, so he's the consistent. And I wanted to bring in. I like. Oh, no, I think there is a couple that he doesn't do, but he is the artist for like at least eighty-five percent. What did you think of his art? Because I quite enjoyed it. Um, it is quite a dirty style. What did you think? Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I think oh, it's. Good. I think it's fantastic detail. It's very similar to. Um, um, oh, man, I had it written down. An artist. Another artist. Yeah. Um, who? Uh, it's away. very it's it's kind of very similar to like um ah oh, fuck okay, uh, it's come, gone now I'll I'll, I'll come back to we'll it come, come back, back to it. it but but I want to say that like I felt reading this it was a bit sloggy like at two sixty pages it was it was a touch of a slog but it was readable it was like I'm reading it and I was never like oh this is terrible. It was kind of fun, and the way they varied the teams actually kept me very interested. And I liked the Nightfall tie-ins too, because that that was very sort of more mainstream DC. That's the only one that doesn't have Martian Manhunter in it. Yeah, exactly. But it has Green Arrow. It has Bronze Tiger. It has various other people. Um, they're trying to rescue Tim Drake's dad and and the and the Doctor who stupidly jumps on the pl the helicopter at the end. And I'm like, really? I'm well, trying to save you, love. Um, but and Bruce Wayne. Wearing a Bruce Wayne disguise—that was um, interesting. 
Uh, I was, I was, what was he trying to? He was trying to wear a disguise so that people would think he was someone else disguising himself as Bruce Wayne. Is that right? Yeah. So he would basically, yeah, he was making sure that he was wearing enough makeup that they noticed that he was wearing makeup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was interesting. And so they wouldn't think that he was actually Bruce Wayne. They would think it's that he was Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne. Right. Or or someone pretending but to be But doesn't Green Arrow know that he's Batman? No, Green Arrow does, but Green Arrow's just playing along. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, Green, uh, Bronze Tiger, I guess. It's well above his... Like, Green rate. Arrow's like there. He's, Green Arrow is the gaslighter. Yeah. Like, Green Arrow's like, so did you notice that makeup? Pretty obvious. He's pretending to be someone else. Am got I right? You, got you. I see. I see. Because I was, I was. He's making sure that they that that they noticing so that you know, in case maybe they didn't notice that they're like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I see. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I felt that the Peter David one, although it was more funny, I actually thought it was a pretty decent little tale, and the neo Nazi one at the end is actually pretty cool. It ends with um the virus that was going to wipe out all the non-Aryan races, and then it turns out that the leader, he gets infected with the virus, is non-Aryan, and he gets a massive rash yeah. and dies, which was ironic. Um, yeah, I like, there, there was no, and like Gypsy, um, I, there was one of the stories where I was like, can Gypsy talk? She wasn't talking to Bronze Tiger. She would like kiss him on the cheek, and she was non-verbal, and I was like, is she mute? I, I thought Gypsy spoke, but she speaks fluently in all the other issues. I was I, I'm I'm wondering if that was maybe a miscommunication between yeah. like uh, not knowing who Gypsy was when the like maybe Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Honestly that was also I was kinda like, hmm, that's weird. Do they think Gypsy's a mute or Yeah, it, um, it kinda came out of like nowhere. That, so. Did maybe Denny O'Neill was working off a different set of notes, you know? Um but again, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But there was no weak spots. It was not the world's strongest stuff, and I actually find Martian Manhunter fairly dull at the best of times, but he's okay in this. And and I did feel that the issue with Peter David was actually very funny. Uh, Chuck's issue was excellent. Um, David McElhinney's intro was good, and I was surprised he didn't stay on the title. But they were going for a revolving... Mm. Other than the art, which was consistent, they were going oh, for a revolving no, no, writer. No, the art... The art was very Conan uh, Val Zemeckis. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Who we had on the show, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, Val That's what I'm trying to remember. It's, it, I, I remember that it was a Conan. Mm. I was like, I was like, is it Val Zemeckis I'm thinking of? The Conan? Yeah, it's like, it's, if you look at Val Zemeckis' as like Conan art, it's yep. very similar to that. A little bit more rougher, uh, a little bit more grainier, but, but still very similar in kind of how the bodies and the shadowing... Cool. Um, and the tones are done. Speaking of Conan, uh, Savage Sword of Conan Volume Eight Omnibus came out uh, this week. It's, it, it came. It was, sorry, yeah, it, it came out this week. Just gone, so I'll be picking that up as well. I'm looking forward to that. That Savage Sword. Nice. And we do know that the Conan Omnibuses are going to continue with the new publisher. They're just going to continue from how they're going with the same trade dress and everything, just with a different publisher on it, which is good news because I am loving those Omnibuses. Um, yeah, look, this is solid storytelling. I'd probably give it overall a 6.5, but that actually isn't damning because I enjoyed it. It was readable. This is the kind of thing I could imagine being a kid that 11 to 15 age range picking this up from, you know, the drugstore or the news agent and happily reading this. You know what I mean? And I would have this in my collection. And at no point would I think, oh, you know, fucking 
JLA Grant Morrison, you know, you need, you need to get worried or watch when you need to get worried. But it's good, solid storytelling. And uh, Jeff Loeb had a had a had an issue, uh, interesting issue from Jeff Loeb with some weird. I think it was from the Bloodlines. Um, I think it was around that era of the of the aliens biting people and stuff and giving them powers. Um, mm. So there's like Joe Public was one of the heroes, some really crazy heroes that obviously never really flowered. But it was interesting. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm glad I picked it. You know and. Even though Hawkman didn't make an appearance, and I feel that was a missed opportunity. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing. So my issue with uh, Justice League Task Force is, um, and I did get turned off of it much later, as I said, round about sort of issue 17 or 18. Sure. Is because it went from being a, a different storyline with different characters, with maybe, as I said, Gypsy and Marshall Manhunter being the through line. Which this was. To... This 16 issues was all about that. Oh, 12 yeah. issues was all about that, yeah. Now, after they had the uh, zero-hour crisis, blah, blah, mm. blah, then it, it became a set team where it was basically a guy called Triumph, Gypsy, uh, Ray, uh, Martian Manhunter, and then Alron, the, the brain of Alron, the, the robot in uh, Despero's um, body. Oh, because it ends with Despero. And, the final issue has Despero just standing there. Yeah, and then it becomes like a set team. And right. then I was like, oh, now it's just like another team book. That's you know boring. What I mean? it, was be- it was better to have the special yeah. teams concept, you know? Yeah, I don't know why it didn't go for longer. I don't know. Maybe they were like, oh, maybe this isn't working. Let's get yeah. a – I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I, I did lose interest in the book. Um once it became a set team with those characters. That's fair enough, man. And I guess these 12 issues was very much still the special team stuff, which I was enjoying. I mean, give a 7 out of 10 overall. What are you giving it, Rich? Oh, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Okay. Uh, it's, it's it's wonderful. It's fantastic. It's, you know, you get to see Nightwing and Flash and yeah. Aquaman on a team together. And then the next one, as you said, it's, it's Bruce leading a team of Bronze Tiger, Green Arrow, Gypsy, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, that's cool. And then the next one is that it's a team of uh, uh, Vixen, Maxima. <laughs> I like Maxima. Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, John, because they're going to an island of, like, female, whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creatures. We don't even know. You know, John's now is 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 busty and, keep, you know, and yeah. hourglass figurine and all that sort of stuff, and it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I enjoyed that. I like that every arc is different and different characters you know yeah. I, I just thought that was such an interesting way of doing a justice league book I totally or a clever agree. way of doing it i, I agree and, and frankly i wouldn't mind them doing it again properly now with decent writers and decent artists and notice i say decent not just jack shit mm. bullshit well that's why yeah. that's as much as i enjoyed the justice league cartoon show i love the justice league cartoon show once it became justice league unlimited, unlimited yeah because unlimited once they opened it up and you still had your core team you still had your core uh, members, but once I started opening up, where those you know, like Wonder Woman's going on an, uh, a, a, a thing with Hawk and Dove, and you had Vigilante, you know, um, you know, you know, Batman's having an interesting one with Booster Gold, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, once you could weave that in and expand the world and and, and get to spend time, that was great. That then, then it became my like it went from being my favorite to being like my like absolute like. You know that uh, was pinnacle. Best. That was pinnacle cartoon TV stuff to me. That just yeah, because I, you know. I love the DC world. Do you know what I mean? I love 
the characters i love the universe of that the dc you know re resides in so you know if you if i get into see firestorm or booster gold or hawk and dove you know what i mean and then i'm like i'm 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 as happy as like a kid on christmas you know what i mean Dude, i remember just... i remember in the mid 90s being real stoned watching batman animated series and thinking man this would be so sweet if they did this animation and did the dc universe and did what the kind of stuff you're saying like Brought it out. Then they did Superman. I was like, oh, yeah, this is sweet. And then it got even sweeter with Justice League, man. Yeah. And Little Stone Davey back in the 90s would be so happy, you know? So oh, yeah, yeah. Lost, lost like, this, you know, I loved it because when it started off with that first two seasons, right, it was really great when, like, oh, oh my God, Metamorpho showed up or, oh, this character. The, but Green, once they went the Green Lantern one, man, the Green Lantern story, the storyline yeah. where they went to the other Earth. It was awesome. Yeah, but once they went to the Unlimited yeah. Where they opened it up and said, right, everyone's part of the Justice League now. Oh, my God. In the first episode, it had Green Arrow and Captain Adam yeah. and Supergirl. I was just like, oh, 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 this is this is what it should be. Rich was happy, man, weren't you? You were a happy camper during that period. It's probably the happiest yeah, you were in your it. life. Uh, I've got probably. A question. I've got a question no, for no you. No joke. <laughs> I've got a question for you before we wrap up. I want to get to the bottom of this. Okay, so I'm reading Hawkworld, which I understand is confusing for Hawk Band chronology. I, I accept that. That's fine. Um, but I am enjoying it. And I've almost finished it, actually. Now, in I, I believe you were telling me, in the original Golden Age Hawk Band, we all, he's Carter Hall, he's like an archaeologist or a museum guy, whatever the story is, and he's a human, yeah? In the original, uh, yeah, he's back he's in the day. Reincarnated uh, Kofu, I think it is. Okay, but back Kofu, in the day, Kofu. day, that's what it is. Then you're saying sometime in the 60s, Julie Schwartz, who liked to make everything sci fi, made him a Thangarian. Thangarian, yeah? Correct. Okay. Yes. So from that time in the 60s, flash into the late 70s or mid 70s in the satellite era of JLA, yeah? Where you've got like Jerry Conway riding him, you've got. Uh, Danny O'Neill for a time, Jerry Conway long run, bit of Len Wein. That Hawkman who's always bickering with um, Green Arrow, uh, yeah? Yeah, that's Kato Hall. K is that is he Kato Hall from Thanagar? Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. I understand. Well, then what's so confusing? It just because... because this Hawk will, is also Kato Hall coming to Earth for the first time. Yes. But that's after Crisis, whereas that was before Crisis. Yeah, but that's my point, is that... But it's... The problem is, is that there was still a Hawkman in the JSA. Right. But wasn't that Carter Hall? Yeah, but but they had no connection. It created a, a bit of a... Yeah, disconnect. Like, um, and I think there's even some references to those people been in justice league as well but also a hawk man and a hawk girl right okay um, so it's just confusing okay but 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 what i was trying to establish was just for my own knowledge that hawk man who's in jla who does have some cool stories in the 70s he, is he from thadagar because i thought he was and you're right. like yes, 1961 created by gardner fox right that hawk man Where so is, the yeah. hawk man kato hall is craig uh Credited to uh, uh, Gardner Fox and Joe Kubert, mm -hmm. and then revamped by Timothy Truman. Yeah, that's in Hawkwell back in in like the late eighties, nineteen ninety, and then yeah. then but he's Thanagarian. Yeah, his name's Kato Hall. As I remember, this is what I said to you. So, uh, Julie Schwartz loved sci-fi. Yes, Julie Schwartz was not a fan of magic, 
So uh-huh. any character that had a magic origin, like Green Lantern, yeah, Hawkman, <coughs> where it was basically like, um, I mean, some characters did stay, like Spectre and yeah. Dr. Fate, because they were literally magic yeah. beings. But any any hero, any human person who basically had a, an origin that was more um, magic-based yes. or, or uh, otherworldly, he was like, no, we need to do a sci-fi version of that character. And that's why you got the sci-fi Green Lantern and that's why you got the sci-fi Hawkman. Oh, okay. Well, and, you know, I mean, you, could, you can't argue with his success. A lot of that stuff was very successful. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Now, Richard, do you have a trade for next week that you've picked. Yeah, we're going to do damage. Okay, damage. The original damage from the 80s. 90s. 90s, okay, cool. All right, we'll do damage, that's fine. Um, And I do want to say thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, I've mentioned the Patreon. Much appreciated if you can contribute to that. Uh, we're proud members of the collective. You've got Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got uh, Last Sons of Krypton with Ray and Connor. You've got Into the Night with Ray. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies, great show. Uh, you've got uh, Capes and Lunatics with the cavalcade of shows that uh, Phil puts out with Lilith and Charlie and others. Um, DC Chichester, uh, he does regular chats with him, the Chichester chats, uh, the, the comic book writer who did Daredevil and various other things. A lot of stuff going on on The Collective. Um, Trapped in a World, the Howard the Duck podcast is a good one as well. There's, there's plenty of stuff going on over there. Um, I, I just really want to say, Rich, great work as always. Thank you, and good night. Good night. Great episode, Rich.